Are dents and scratches putting a dent in your day? Introducing Rogerstein Crash Repairs Adelaide, your trusted solution for automotive woes. With over two decades of expertise, Rogerstein Crash Repairs guarantees top-notch service, restoring your vehicle to its former glory in no time. From minor dings to major collisions, our skilled technicians handle it all with precision and care using state-of-the-art equipment and techniques. Rogerstein Crash Repairs saved my car. It looks brand new. Fast, friendly and reliable. I wouldn't trust anyone else with my vehicle. Don't let accidents slow you down. Visit Rogerstein Crash Repairs Adelaide at 14 Penner Avenue, Glind for quality service you can count on. And here's a special offer just for our listeners. Mention this podcast and receive a $100 discount on your repair. Roger Steen Crash Repairs Adelaide. Excellence in every repair. Previously, Previously. on the Game On Podcast. I sat in the rooms and I was always early because my, my teacher took me up there and I'd sit there and, uh, and then I'd watch all the boys come in. And it's a really interesting uh, dynamic compared to Port Adelaide and where you, you had all the blazers coming in from the colleges and then you'd come all these scruffy kids coming in who come from like the Campbelltown highs mm-hmm. and Gillis yeah. Plains yeah. and all that. So yeah, you had this two distinct groups that yes. was not, you know, sort of a bit, bit foreign to me. And, um, and then of course, blokes like, and I'll never forget the first bloke that, went straight up to me was a bloke called James Fantasia, who was just uh, an absolute gentleman and still is, of course. And he just said, well, who are you, mate? And da-da-da, shook my hand. And and he just took me under his wing. And then there was a couple of other guys. Dwayne Stewart was excellent. Um, David Payne. uh, And when I trained with the 17s, because Gary was was too good for 15, so he wasn't playing. he, he was up in the 70s, but uh, those guys were just really nice. And I remember Mr. Fantasia was just he, – he'd yeah, go and watch every yeah. training session, you name it, and he was just such a gentleman. Uh, great, and, great uh, man. Lovely people. So, yeah. yeah, so we ended up playing – I think it was five minor round games we had to play and, and sort of like and see who was up the top. And then you had to play a semi and a final when we got through to the final. And I remember I was sort of playing half forward, if you like, because I was an, an underager. And we um, – I'll never forget – Pulling on the red socks, the the, the jumper. Jeez, the isn't that, that bringing got, the emotion out of you, Timmy G? The bit that got me the most, the bit that really hurt me, was when I pulled on the navy shorts, and this bloody AGC badge was yeah, on the beautiful, shorts. Beautiful, wasn't it? And that was just distinctive of Nord. AGC were a sponsor for yeah, you know, forever more, yeah, weren't they? Yeah. And I just sat there and looked at these shorts, and I thought. What are you doing? What are you doing here? And it was amazing. We got through, like oh, I said, to the final. Pete's and, actually uh, got a pair out too. They're, they're yep. my, they're yep. my oh, did you? Sure. Yep, he's just got a pair well, there out. There you go. You know what I'm talking about. Yes. So they, they'll zip up with the button up. Yep, beautiful the AGC there. logo we're looking yeah. at. I don't reckon oh, that you'd mate. fit into those these days, Pete. No, That's unfortunately right. not. I might get one leg into them yeah. these days. Yeah. I don't know what I, I might have chucked mine out. I, I think oh, come on. Would I reckon you've got I didn't want any evidence. I didn't you've got want it framed on but... your wall, <laughs> Sportscast SA presents Game On. Game On. 
South Australia's destination for everything sports. Local, national, and international sports. AFL football, soccer, basketball, golf, baseball, tennis, cricket, and any other sports played in this wide world. And we're going to have a blast doing it. So sit back, relax, and let's do this thing. Welcome to Game On. Welcome to Game On. My name's Pete. Once again, joined by uh, Malcolm and Timmy G last week at part one of our interview, uh, just reminiscing of his days out at the parade. Yeah, obviously the highlight of his life, you know, <laughs> without a doubt. Oh, look, Timmy was fantastic. Um, look, he's been busy this week. We we do look forward to part two will definitely happen. Absolutely. Just, just fitting, got to fit it around. Uh, Timmy, Tim's, a, Tim's certainly a man in demand, so we'll... We'll work that around Absolutely. Him. Currently at the Adelaide Oval, I think the 5AA did their broadcast from there tonight, so he'd be at the uh, the State of Origin. And then, yeah, it's just trying to work out the timing. But, yes, yeah. we will endeavour to get part no, two. It will happen. Uh, mate, Timmy was fantastic last week, and we've got so much more to cover, and we really, really want to make that happen uh, over the next couple of weeks. It's going to be a little bit of timing because I'm actually away uh, up in Queensland. Yeah. So we'll, we'll endeavour to bring that to you. Yeah, it'll happen. We're just not sure when, but we'll get there. Absolutely. Around the grounds. All right, mate, and to kick us off today, we're going to have a little bit of a look at the basketball, the SNFLW, the NRL, but we're going to kick off, as per usual, with around 11 in the AFL. Upset City. It was Upset it was City, wasn't it? Shame. I think we were, we were, most of us were on either, either one or naught out of five um, on the Saturday night. As a Redback red supporter, I'd love to be none for five. But, um, yeah, so it was just yeah, just incredible. Like, So we'll go through some of the results. Uh, uh, we'll start off on Friday night with um, Sydney defeating Carlton. That was probably the least of the upsets where Sydney at home, 50-50 game. Yep. Again, Carlton burned the ball. And, you know, Harry Mackay shooting shooting a goal for my life. Can you make sure we have a few beers? Pete, I'm back yep. on it if, if Harry's shooting, all right? <laughs> yes, absolutely. Oh. Uh, it was one of those games that was always going to bring up uh, for either coach uh, and team that yeah, the the winner was going to be a little bit happier than the uh, the loser on the night. And, yeah, Carlton just, like you said, burnt the ball badly. Oh. I mean, and continue to, 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 to burn it badly. Yeah, just wastage. And it's quite staggering that it really does seem... Mackay, yep. or Kerno, or Bust, and you've really—it's bizarre. The ball movement is not as quick no, as it needs to be, and, and and it's getting them outnumbered. You know, two to one, three to one in some cases, and when you're being that predictable, uh, it doesn't matter what level you're playing at, it it hurts. It's funny, isn't it, that uh, there Kane Corns where he said he would rather have had Rosie than Walsh, and he got. Hammered for it. Well, at the moment... He's yeah. coming up trumps, isn't yeah. he? All right, we move on. St Kilda defeated by the Hawthorne Hawks. Uh, that was a bit of a surprise. Big upset. I mean, I was driving into Uni Oval and, uh, yeah, score, Sydney Sydney were nearly four goals up as I got there and forgot all about it. You know, started watching the game at Uni. Yep. And then clicked on the score. Jeez, Hawthorne got up. Yep. You know, Five so, goals in the last quarter yeah. certainly helped them uh, get going on that occasion. Yeah, so that and incredible, and then uh, Fremantle defeating Melbourne. It, it just keeps going on, doesn't it? Ironically, mind you, they defeated them last year in Melbourne, and then 
you've got GWS. That's their third time in a row they've won at Cadinia Park, which no one wins down there. They've unlocked the secret oh. down there, haven't they? And and like you said, Frio, almost to the day, uh, 12 months later, pull out the same game plan and set repeat. And Luke Jackson was the key. You know, from Melbourne, yeah. Darcy gets injured, who's, who with English has been the, the best two ruckmen in the comp. Yes. Jackson then goes in and beats beats uh, Gorn and Grundy. Yeah. You know. uh, we talked briefly or brushed uh, briefly against the Giants defeating the Cats. The Cats are in a bit of trouble. Oh, yeah. Well, they're three in a row. Big game this week for them. Yeah, the Bulldogs. Um, we'll cover that a little yeah. bit later as well. But, you know, they are. like this. They seem to be losing in a blocks. And, geez, they do look their midfield without Dangerfield. Looks a little looks, bare, doesn't it? Yeah, and a bit stagnant, a bit too predictable. Yep. They've lost. And Duncan Duncan's pretty important as well. And... Yeah, they they do. They're not certain to make the eight. Absolutely. I know that there was some talk that they're trying to obviously time their run a little bit, mm. but I think the timing is Ooh, now yeah. rather than in a few rounds' time. Yeah. Uh, it's going to be an interesting watch over the next couple of weeks. Mm. Uh, the Suns uh, getting up over the Bulldogs. Oh, and did you watch that I game? I did. Yes, oh, I mate. did. Well, therefore, the umpiring was unbelievable. It was, wasn't it? Look, I started off watching that game and, you know, as a neutral, you know, didn't care. Yes. We won just... Have well, a look at a game on a Saturday night. It was probably, from my point of view, watching it for Stuart Jew, just seeing if there was a bit of a response. And, boy, boy, they came out with a bit of a response. But the umpiring didn't exactly help, did it? Oh, in the end, I was barracking for them something chronic. Yep. You know, I just couldn't believe it. And I'm an experienced maggot. I've umpired over a 1,000 games myself. Now, the AFL have got to show some balls, come out and actually admit the four-umpire system hasn't worked. Yep. Well and truly. Mm-hmm. And go back and, yeah... But that is it. Just oh. before you go on with that, is it a case of a bit of teething problems? I mean, it's only been in in really for eleven rounds. I think it, yeah, but it's bomb bombing so badly, and their positioning is terrible. Like who you know, whoever came out with this idea that you get the umpire out on the boundary line as an umpire shooting him's letting him off easy in mm-hmm. my book. It's just ridiculous and. I'm at Nord on Friday on Friday night, and then I felt like going out and picking one of the umpires up. No, go stand there so you can see. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Just yeah. It's, as an umpire, don't worry. There's a lot of us as umpires, and a lot of umpires are saying it privately. Yep. But they can't say it publicly. publicly. Yep. Fair enough. But uh, well done to the Gold Coast oh. Suns. They're showing uh, some fight. We. We mentioned and touched base with them and the GWS a couple of weeks ago that you know they're they're starting to show some uh, some real fight and it's great to see. And I reckon I reckon they'll beat Adelaide in terms of they've been up in Darwin so play the game, and then acclimatise there this week. I reckon that's a big advantage mm-hmm. to come for Adelaide now to go up there. So I I, I reckon they're the better the round. I hope okay. I'm wrong. Okay, but I I well, do. I really do. And I, I was so well, impressed with them yes. on Saturday night. I thought they were fantastic. We'll, we'll cover this a little bit later when, yep. we, when we talk about the uh, this week's games. But just briefly, uh, Adelaide playing in the wet, very similar conditions to what you're going to get up in Darwin. It's probably more the no, humidity in the heat. It's a different yeah. wet. Yep. So I, I don't think it does. No. I, I don't reckon it does compare. No. Essendon took care of the Eagles. Yeah, next game. Yep. Uh, nothing to see no, here, unfortunately. No, no. Uh, Essendon really building at the moment, and you know they have had a pretty hard draw to start the first ten rounds, eleven rounds, and they've yeah, broken they've, even. They've got and they've got West Coast again to come, and two games against North Melbourne to come. They should make the eight. You would think so. All right, uh, we move on. Port Adelaide v Richmond. 
just a little bit too much class was how I saw that. We expected a lift, an uplift from the Hardwick um, announcement. Uh, it happened a little bit, but once again, inaccurate kicking. Yeah, and they got within two points in the last quarter. You'd think they might think, i tell you what, though, the crowd, jeez, Richmond supporters, they drop off quick. Absolutely. Up and, up and about when they need yeah. to be and not quite when they're not. But uh, impressive once again, Port. Uh, the usual suspects, uh, Rosie and... Yeah. Butters and Horn Francis, and, and they're doing it without a forward line. Like no Marshall, no no Dixon. Butters has got to be up in Brownlow, Brownlow betting from. Uh, you know, well, his last four weeks have been oh, huge. He should get 10 votes minimum out of the last four. Yep, absolutely. Collingwood yeah, taking on North Melbourne. Just did what they had to do. Correct. Never really looked like, and no disrespect to North Melbourne, never looked like they got out of third gear. They put the foot down when they needed to, but. Um, it could have got ugly there early, and North Melbourne, to their credit, fighting back. And Brett Ratton, um, fourth time or third time he's been interim coach. Yeah, he's the only person who have been done it three times. Yeah, unbelievable stat, and and yet he still keeps coming back to the well. So, well done to them. Um, and the last game of the round, and well, we talk about umpiring in the Gold Coast um, Western Bulldogs game. I felt like the umpiring in the third quarter for this game. Was there was a few that were just yeah, yeah. I, I thought there was a few errors, but I thought it went both ways. Yep. Where yep. on Saturday night, I thought it was very one way until the last five or so minutes where Western Bulldogs didn't get a couple. Yep. But on Saturday, Sunday, I just thought it was poor. Yep. Both sides. Just it was frustrating to watch because you're errors. looking at it and going, "Hang on, that's not a free kick," and then they're giving a free kick, and then you're yeah. like, "Hang on, he's basically ripped the guy's head off." And they're not paying that one. And maybe, again, that gets back to your point about the umpires just being in the yeah. wrong position. Yep. Fair call. Uh, Adelaide, impressive. Um, that third quarter, um, you know, one goal, nine. Yeah, look, they're, they're lucky in that way. Brisbane, 66 inside 50s. You have that many inside 50s, you, you should win. win the game. Yep. So, look, I think probably in some ways it glosses over Adelaide a little bit. But is I it part it of Adelaide's evolution that, yeah, that they, they were they able to it. just... Yeah, grind just, out yeah. a win, which you know they should have beaten Collingwood. Yep, and now beating Brisbane at Adelaide, they are establishing Adelaide as a bit of a, well, you know, a provable fortress sort of thing. Yeah, and they're a team that opposition go. It's not going to be an easy game, yeah. one way or another. They're going to yeah. dig in. Their transition from uh, back to forward when they got their opportunity was impressive once again. And I thought, oh, Brody Smith out, that, that loses their drive out of half back. But no, seemingly that was fine. So yeah, it'll be interesting what they do with selection this week. Absolutely. With Hinge and um, Smith available. Yep. Uh, and just on um, that game there, there was obviously the MRO, um, Rory Laird challenging his one game suspension. Look, as a crow sport, I'm happy he got off. As a football foot person in general, no, I don't agree with it. In terms of we've finally got some consistency. Again, it's not whether we like it or not. Yep. How people out there don't realise the crisis the game is in with mm-hmm. litigation, what's to come is going to blow people away. Yep. And I'm not saying that lightly, and it's bloody good mail. I'll leave it at that no, in that regard. Um, and... I just think, yes, Laird did try and soften it. Yes, there were other bit determining factors there. But for mine, yes. he didn't turn nil enough. Yep. I, I, I can't believe he got off. For mine, Sarah getting off last night as well. Yep. We've suddenly gone back to Pandora's box again. Finally, there have been cons- some consistency. You're starting to go, yep, that's one game. Yep. 
geez, can't we've got to get better at tackling. They've got to practice it more. Yep. Turn the player up. All of a sudden now, so what's going to happen this week? Are we now sort of getting back to the where we were a little while ago, where the end result is determining the the suspension or non-suspension? Because obviously Zorko got up almost instantly, and we talked about it briefly before we Zorko, went on Neil. air. Yeah. Uh, sorry, Neil. Yeah. Um, went on air that, um, uh, you know, obviously got a little clip from uh, Rory on the way through and sort of put his hand up. Peddler. Peddler, yeah, yeah, exactly. So Yeah, I get that. But for mine, yep. if you're going to stay consistent, you get, you, you, you've gone right. We've got to stamp this out of the game because of yep. litigation. The same thing with a bump. Yep. Bang, stay with consistent. Absolutely. For mine... They've gone. They've, they've gone back. Gone, gone back to the result-based uh, suspension. Yeah, disappointing. All right, mate. We uh, move on uh, this week. Uh, Melbourne v Carlton. This is a huge game considering Melbourne are coming off three losses in a row. But you can't tip Carlton. You just can't. It's just simple. You know, look, it's a big game. If Melbourne lose this, suddenly they're not certainty. So, yeah, it's it is. But you just can't. You cannot tip Melbourne. Uh, Carlton, yeah, no, I totally get you on that one. Um, As much as it hurts me to say this, yeah, I can't tip them at the moment as well. Uh, Board level, uh, they've got problems. It looks like, you know, that that one board member uh, faction didn't want um, Voss. Carried on like a pork chop after the game. That that generally is alcohol-based. Yep. Um, Seen it happen before. It's not good. Uh, you know, we've talked about the Geelongs in the past and the Hawthorns in the past and the Richmonds in the past. You get your front office right, generally the back office yeah. works pretty well. And at Correct. the moment, front office is not working no. very well for Carlton and the back office is not yeah. working quite well. And Adelaide went through the same process. Port went through the same process for a few years. So it does happen, but, geez, at the moment, oh. you're right. You can't pick Carlton no. at all. No. All right, we move on. Uh, Port Adelaide v the Hawks. This is going to be an intriguing game. If Sicily hadn't been a bloody idiot, yes, but I'll, I think Port still sit, losing Sicily forty three touches last week. Yep. He, he's played one of the great games of the year, and then just it was just dumb, really dumb. It was. Uh, oh. You're right. Um, I I back Port one hundred and ten percent on this one, uh, especially being at the Adelaide Oval. But yeah, I think Hawthorne are just showing little glimpses that they've still got probably two me, two more years of development, but. You know they're uh, they're up and about at the moment, and so they should be. I may have run into a Hawthorne official, and let's just say his words on Sicily were a lot stricter than the ones we just used then. Fair call. All right, uh, top v bottom, Collingwood v West Coast. Uh, Collingwood versus the bye. I think uh, Collingwood can beat the bye. Yes. yes. Do Do Collingwood rest a few players? Well, that, you've got without buy, being you've got a buy though coming up, so yeah. I don't really think that helps. Yep. Um, if anyone's remotely sore. I'm sure they won't play, but with the buy coming up, no. fair call, no. fair call. Uh, the Bulldogs v the Cats. This one here is for me the match of the round, and it's probably the one that I'm going to be uh, camped in front of the TV watching. Or uh, KO at at Marvel at this stage, I'll go Bulldogs. If uh, Dangerfield comes up, I may change that, but at the moment I'll go Bulldogs. Chances are he won't. Yeah, well, I just don't think you can tip him and Rad- and Radical has done a hammy as well. Yeah, and that's so. a few weeks uh, yeah. according to Chris Scott. Yeah, so, so. Um, yeah, I'm going to back the Bulldogs to respond from last week's uh, trip yep. up to the, the territory. Suns v the Crows. You, this was one you flagged a little bit earlier on as a a, a, a must watch game. 
Yeah, it is. It's a big game, and I agree with the odds in terms of being dead even. But for mine, I reckon Gold Coast, purely they've been up in Darwin all week, yep. acclimatising, and it is such a big difference to go up and play in 30, 30 degrees, 80% humidity. I, I think that's a big advantage. I'll go Gold Coast. Okay, good call. I might go Adelaide on that one yep. there, but I don't think it's going to be a tight contest. I don't think yep. it's going to be as easy as... Uh, than, than the Suns running away with no, it or the Crows running away no, with it. I think it'll go I, I think like, like we're looking at the betting betting odds there, they're yeah. dead even. So I, I think it's going to be a couple of goals each way yep. and, and whoever gets on top in the midfield. Laird obviously getting off of his uh, contact helps. charge, that definitely helps. Dawson's back in form. Interesting with Daw- if Dawson goes with Rao, um, just Rao's body strength, I could see troubling Adelaide. Would that, would that be I'm, a Keys job though? Potentially, maybe, but he might just be a bit strong for key. So I reckon it's an interesting one. And then Adelaide will be interested what they do in defence. Whether they they bought in Worrell last week, who was good, but do they keep Worrell? Um, well, they managed him towards the end of the game. They subbed him out. Yeah, but when... War- do you play Worrell, Worrell, Murray, and Butts in a night game? where they've probably got King and Precocious Lacocious. Yes. My favourite player. player. <laughs> uh, he's on fire at the moment too. Best As Cam Shenton said to me when he was a – Cam Shenton stood him. Um, so I think Lacocious was just 17. I'm not even sure if he turned and 17. his leading patterns were he amazing. Said, he, he said to me he has the best leading patterns of anyone yep. I've ever stood. Now, he is footy smart. Would the Crows entertain an opportunity to get him back? I mean, they'd love to. I think he's signed at twenty six. My yep. my my the word around is he's pretty committed and thinks Gold Coast is where Gold it's Coast. at. Oh, fair call. Good luck to him. Not a problem. Um, yeah. So keys. Yeah. I'm just wondering whether keys is a run run with yeah, roll with Rao about not letting him get clean possession more more than yeah. But Rao just gets it and boots. It. He, he's a he's a yardage player, which really suits that conditions. Yep. Absolutely. So. All right, we move on. Uh, GWS versus Richmond. This is another intriguing game. Yeah, I'll go GWS at one, it's at home. Yep. But two, just King Toby. And how good was he in his 200th last week? Um, in any other team, he is an ab- absolute oh, superstar. He's a superstar for the Giants, yeah. don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm not, not downplaying his, his role at GWS. far more publicity. Correct. If like he was, a Pavlich, it would have yep. if he had been in. If he's at Richmond, they would absolutely yeah. adore him. Oh, Collingwood, yeah. Carlton, you oh. know what I mean? The list goes on. No, he's a Carlton could champion. definitely use him if, if, uh, oh. if they wanted to trade for him. Uh, I'm with you, mate. I think the Giants at home um, are going to be a little bit too strong for Richmond. Essendon v North Melbourne. Yeah, Essendon. And buys this week for the Lions, St Kilda, Sydney and the Dockers. Yep. And obviously over the next couple of weeks, there'll be uh, three or four teams having a buy. All right, mate, we move on. Round seven in the SANFL. Yeah. Um, we'll start off with Nord v Adelaide. Yeah, Adelaide were just, just that too good. Just a bit more classy. classy. Yep. Uh, Nord, Nord battled to half time. But at, and Adelaide had one goal eight at one stage. And you're thinking... The dam's got to burst at some Sooner stage. Sooner or later, you're it, right. And it did. Yep, absolutely. And it's always the way, isn't it? Uh, um, the Eagles, Woodville West Torrens defeating West Adelaide. Yeah, again, predictable. Predictable, yep. Um, Woodville West Torrens just quietly efficient at the moment. I think they're building. Yes. I think they're definitely building. Yep. Uh, the Tigers v Central Districts, Glenelg. Yeah, they just, you know, it was they were down at half time, kicked five or six in the third quarter. The Tigers got to, over the to line. get over the line. So, 
Yeah, again, and that'll be a good game them in Adelaide this week. I I may get there for the I may go to the game for the last quarter because I'm commentating an 18s game at South Adelaide. Yep. So I may call into the bay on the way home. Uh, North Adelaide defeating Port, which we sort of thought yeah. was going to be the game of the round, and I, I expected North to bounce back, and that's exactly what yep. they did. Yep, did the job. And Sturt in a tight one, yeah. just getting over South Adelaide. Yes, there's there a few South people involved with Adelaide Uni and Bob Miles, and that even uh, they may have, may have, they weren't overly happy. Uh, Wallow and a couple of the boys when the Panthers went down. Yep. It's actually funny to be in an environment where there's more there's South supporters. Yep, it's actually really weird at uni. We've got a few guys involved with passionately South, uh, passionate following South, South Adelaide. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, love love to hear it. Yeah. All right, we move on. Round eight, Central Districts v Norwood out at Ex Convenience Oval. Yeah, you've got to tip Centrals. I think you do at yeah. home, don't you? Yeah. Uh, the Tigers v Adelaide. Back on Norwood, uh, Cam Tahini hurt his knee last Friday night. Initially, they were hopeful, but no, Monday did confirm the dreaded ACL. Ouch. So, yeah. So, uh, all yeah, the best to Cam. Absolutely. Best of luck in the recovery. All right, the Tigers v Adelaide. Adelaide are going to be – it'll be interesting to see how many players they take up to Darwin. Do they – you know, because they're going up there, do they take an extra couple? It's not like they're coming from Melbourne and they can just flip somebody on a flight so, for a night night game if they no, have to. So, so I'll go Glenelg. I'll go Adelaide in this one. Yeah. I still think their systems are going to yeah. be pretty good and, and they're up and about at the moment in, in both levels. Mm. Uh, the Roosters v the Panthers. Uh, at Prospect. I'll it go is at Roosters. Prospect, yep. This one's going to intrigue me. Uh, Port Adelaide v Woodville West Torrance. I'll go Woodville West Torrance. And Sturt v West Adelaide. Sturt. Yeah, I think Sturt as well. Sturt are flying at the moment. And uh, looking at the ladder, um, we've got Sturt sitting on top of the ladder at the moment with seven wins and zero losses. Glenelg sitting second. Adelaide sitting third. North sitting fourth. Woodville West Torrance sitting fifth. Yeah, that's uh, enough. That, that'll do. That'll do. <laughs> Just outside the eight is Central's Port Adelaide. Yeah, the, and the, then we... The uh, volume's starting to go. I've lost the volume. <laughs> Fair call, mate. All right, mate. We move on. Tennis. The French Open begun this week. Yeah. Big uh, Medvedev. Goodbye. Yeah. To the 172nd player in, yes, in, player the, world. in the world. Yes. So, um, yeah, a couple upsets early. First time since 2008 that no Roger Federer or no Nadal at the same time. Yeah, incredible. That is a massive thing. That's almost 20 years. Mm. Nadal winning it 14 times. Alcaraz really um, is the favourite, I suppose, on the men's side. The women's is oh, a little more open. I'd still... We'll deep dive into that next week on the basis yeah. that uh, we'll sort of uh, sort that out a little bit. But, yeah, a few... Um, Upsets in the first couple of rounds, and like you said, Medvedev was was one of them. Um, Kokonakis uh, and a couple of the Aussies got off to a good start in some of their um, their matches. Uh, Kokonakis obviously playing tonight on Wednesday. Yeah, t- eight t- eight ten is uh, the start. So yep. basically very soon, next Absolutely. few minutes. Uh, notice, uh, so, so Fognini has won the first set and serving for the second set against yep. Kublai. Uh, Kubler from uh, uh, Australia, so yeah. some interesting results that will yeah. keep keep uh, keep us on our toes yes. for the next couple of weeks. And obviously, the uh, the men's singles always throws up a few little um, 
uh, surprises yeah. early on, but you know, Dimitrioff is through, uh, Fritz is through, um, Source. her cat's plays tonight. Um, obviously, uh, we talked about, um, Kokonakis playing tonight as well. Uh, and Gail Monfils, uh, had a huge win in five sets, winning, uh, three, six, six, three, seven, seven, five, one, six, seven, five in the final. Uh, he's a guy that can turn it on as well. Yep. All right, mate, we'll take a quick break. We'll be right back after this short break. All right, mate, we continue around the ground. So the NBA Finals, it was an interesting final series because Denver defeated the LA Lakers 4-0. They're sitting back absolutely having a holiday for a few weeks. Training pretty hard, I'm, I'm assuming as well. Miami had the the uh, series in hand at 3-0. Uh, Celtics decided, no, we're not done yeah. with yet and got it back to 3 all. Miami gets over Miami the line. Miami gets yeah. over the line. So now uh, Denver v Miami yeah. in the in the in the final, and that's played over uh, about a two one and a half week period. Yeah. Uh, a couple of games, obviously, starting up on the weekend. So we'll keep a bit of an eye on that, and we'll report back on some of those games. We thought we'd better touch on that one tonight. Yep. The Celtics almost became the first team in history yeah, to come back to come from back. three nil down. So huge effort, and just fell over on the, in the uh, game seven. SNFLW results from the finals. Um, South Adelaide defeating Centrals. And Nord defeating and Sturt. defeating Sturt. It was actually ironic. There was similarities in both games. So both Centrals and Sturt had more possessions, more inside 50s, yet lost. It was eerie similarities on the two games. So, yep. um, yeah, look, and, I, and Sturt had come good. Indy Rashid, they'd put her in the middle, starting to dominate. As we know, she's going absolutely. To. Yep. Um, so yeah, Norwood stuck at it, and they were behind, and then kicked the last couple of goals to get up. So yep, uh, good to see uh, Norwood obviously defeating Sturt, like you said. Um, but they get another chance to take Centrals take on Centrals this weekend. Yeah, at Elizabeth at twelve on Sunday. Um, not sure on the home front yet whether I'll get there on Sunday. Yep. Um, after footy all down the Saturday. Nah, fair call. I might try and. Take some chocolates home on Saturday night or something to work. So Flowers right, always mate. work, yeah, mate. Yeah, Flowers yeah, always yeah. work. Um, who's your at tip? least I can eat chocolate. <laughs> who's your uh, tip on that one, mate? Nord or Centrals? Oh, I'm going to go. I'm going to go with the hard on this one and go for the legs. Let's go for the lady legs. Um, South have been the dominant team most of the year, so yeah. whoever does make the grand final, they're in for a bit of a fight, aren't they? South have just kept winning close games. Their close games record. It's quite incredible because their percentage wasn't that good to yep. finish minor premier. And and Norwood early on, their percentage yeah, of losing great. the close games was yeah. amazing. And then all of a sudden they got on a bit of a roll, made the finals, and you know they've deserved their uh, their spot in the semi final. So yeah, look the uh, Ben Rick, or the Rex Hunt coach Bulldogs. Um, there's a bit of a you know, spot there as well. There, so I think it'll be a really good game on Sunday. Absolutely, Shelley Smith. She'd missed three games with the suspension back. Um, important for the dogs, the dogs captain. Absolutely. Uh, we'll watch that one with interest. And if you're uh, looking for something to do on Sunday afternoon, head out to Elizabeth and support, yes. support the ladies' uh, SNFLW because uh, the, the brand of footy is actually getting better and better and better each year that I've yep. certainly been watching it. And we've obviously pumped it up free a bit admission. here. And free admission, exactly right. All right, mate, the big one, uh, State of Origin here in Adelaide, Game 1. We're currently looking at it. Queensland are up 10 nothing. 
I think they'd said in the end though forty seven thousand they were predicting uh, tonight, which is pretty pretty good on a cold you know Wednesday, Wednesday night. night. Yep. So yeah, you know, I think that's pretty respectable. Well, the amount of people that are asking for NRL state of origin gear uh, mm. at the sports store is just. Unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so there's uh, definitely a lot of interest in it, and obviously the tourism, um, the amount of people I saw walking around yeah, today yeah. wearing Guernseys, uh, New South Wales Guernseys, uh, Queensland jerseys, uh, that's only good for the economy. So once again, well done to Peter Malinowskis. Yeah, I was trying to get him to call into Dylan's to get it by a copy of the definitive rule book, but I was batting none, none on that stage, Pete, but I was having a crack at least. Uh, so, fair, yes, fair call. Yes. Uh, obviously the wrong code, mate. We've yeah, probably got to get a few, well. got to get uh, Jonathan Thurston's or someone yeah, like that in the book, and they'll buy it. Holus bolus, yeah, mate. I should have put a photo of him, just <laughs> stuck it over the front. <laughs> I love it. Um, the NRL made a huge announcement that they're looking to play the opening round of the 2024 season in Las Vegas. You can't say that they're not ambitious, NRL. I'll give them that. So yeah, incredible. Getting back to state of origin, obviously we don't have state of origin in AFL anymore. Um, for us, this is great. Like, I love watching these yeah. guys absolutely go hammer and tongue at each other. Is it something that, that AFL the big thing players we, miss, or is it just that we're in that vintage? No, that, they do. Yep. You know, Bats and I have spoken about that. You know, There is still a burning desire for that state, you know, state red jumper. Yep. But it's just... You're not going to convince the clubs of the injury. You've got to, you've got to remember there's Australian selection on the end of this, so yeah. they've got no choice, the clubs, but to support it. Yes. So it's it's the 180 degrees difference. Yep. And I don't think I don't think AFL will ever have it again. Plus, we are a national competition, yeah. minus obviously the Northern Territory at the moment. But hey, who knows what may may yeah. happen? But you know, Tasmania coming in. Um, when the Crows, the Power, Fremantle, West Coast sort of came into the VFL, I hate to say this, and became the AFL. It's not quite. The extended quite. VFL. Extended VFL, VFL absolutely. Um, that state of origin sort of went out the window a little bit, didn't it? Yep. Yeah, yep. absolutely. Um, who's your tip, mate, for the series? Uh, obviously, um, I'm, I'm tipping Queensland yeah, once again. I've yeah. tipped them the last three or four years. No, I'll go Queensland. You'll yeah, go Queensland. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, sitting on the fence yeah. on that one, are you? Yeah. No, nah, absolutely. All right, mate, we are going to take a quick break. When we come back, uh, Timmy Weatherall is going to join us tonight. Um, as we mentioned earlier, Timmy Ginever, uh, busy with well, we a few commitments. We're still with the Tims. Yeah. Uh, Timmy, Jim, Timmy Weatherall will join us after the break. We'll be right back after this short break. Past players, past legends, past legends. Tonight, uh, we welcome Tim Weatherall. Got to admit, Tim's a pretty special person in my life as a mentor and friend for a long year, a large number of years. So, Weathers, uh, 253 games for Sturt, 66 for Nord, 311 overall. Um, Playing at Sturt uh, in terms of the Premiership side, obviously in 2002, won the, the Morton medal in, in 02, runner-up three times, 98, 99, 01. Of course, the, the Marjorie Wish Sheeds in 2002, advertised the team of the year, 98, 99, 2000, 2002. Playlife member at Sturt. Then he came, ended up coming over to Nord, came third in the BNF, runner-up in the BNF in 09, played in the grand final in, in 10, 
Um, his 300th game, we will get to that. Pretty emotional day down at Alberton. Um, but welcome aboard, Weathers. Privileged to have you on board, mate. No, cheers, mate. Thanks very much. It's, uh, yeah, it's uh, always great to sort of, um, yeah, you obviously talk to people about your footy. It sort of seems like a long time ago now, but, yeah, just really hearing and hearing you read that stuff out now, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's interesting to hear back. Mate, uh, 300 games is fantastic, but we've got to go back to the start, mate. Where did you start your junior career? Where did you uh, play at? Um, I was a, I was an Adelaide Hills boy playing for the Bridgewater Raiders up in the Adelaide Hills there. So, yeah, I grew up in Bridgewater. And, you in know, fact, we could even go back earlier than that, Pete. <laughs> I because, have heard a bit of a story yeah, about this. this. Yeah, uh, Tim, playing career started at Bridgewater, yes, that's for sure. But he was mascot for Adelaide University. And, of course, Adelaide University famous for every person having their own individual number. So Tim was a half, and then he'd grown, as we know, Tim's, Tim's you know, an extraordinary tall human being. He'd grown that uh, by next year, so his, so his mum made it. To, he was three quarters the next year. <laughs> Yeah, true story. Yeah, mum knitted me the great black and white jumper when on my first year there as a mascot, and uh, um, yeah, had a half on the back. And then the next year, when Dad was coaching the A grade boys era, I still remember those days as a young kid, as I'm sure you do, Mackie. Um, yeah, down at the uh, down the pub and hold your bowlies and all those sort of things. And yeah, it was a great way to grow up as a kid. So I was always going to end up in footy somehow. But uh, yeah, that was some of my earliest memories of football. Is definitely at the yeah, at Adelaide Uni, but then yeah, obviously the playing, playing started up at um, up at Bridgewater. There, Dad always tells a story that um, yeah, I think it had to be um, had to be eight to play footy. I think it was, it was some some on those lines, and I was four, I think. Um, so I went down my, down to my first training, and the coach said, "Oh, how old are you?" Dad told me to tell you I was eight, <laughs> <laughs> and so he said, "All right, I'll believe you, Dad." So I played, ended up playing. I think it's four year old in the under eights when I was, wasn't old enough, but. Um, yeah, no, I had um, had some great memories playing up there, and uh, you yeah, probably started, you know, under you know, on the eights all, all the way through to see your junior Colts there, and um, then I ventured down to PAC as a student and sort of started playing school footy there, and obviously living in the Adelaide Hills, a very strong Sturt zone, um, yeah, and so my pathway really did lead lead to Sturt, and, and so that's how, how I ended up there. Did you barrack, did you barrack for Sturt as a, a young fella? Yeah, no, definitely, definitely was a Sturt boy. Obviously, living in Adelaide Hills, I yep. also had a bit of a soft spot for Norwood. Uh, my my grandpa played one, one one or two games out there, and so there was a little bit of a connection there. And um, a guy called Richard Anderson, who probably not the yes, greatest Rick. known Norwood yep. footballer, but for, through the university days, dad dad sort of coached him. And I guess I think like a lot of people when you're growing up, if you know someone playing playing footy or playing at any any area just gives you a bit of extra interest. So I remember Richard Anderson playing as a as a little kid, and he he was playing for Nord, and um, yeah, so Sturt support, but always had a little bit of a soft spot for Nord as well. And uh, how did Sturt get onto you? Was it just through one of their recruiting drives, or uh, did they identify you and and get you out to an open practice session? I think it's purely through those the old pathways those yeah. days. I think you know being Adelaide Hills. Um, Bridgewater kid, like, you know, Sturt was our local zone. So I started down in the under-13s. They had the, the the old special squads, they used to call them. So mm-hmm. the under-13s and 14s and 15s. And, yeah, so I just sort of, you know, started that pathway initially, probably through Bridgewater, probably nominated me, I suppose, as a kid. And um, I sort of I won won the, the male medal up in the Adelaide Hills in the old junior Colts in the early days. And um, so probably identified maybe through that way, through the hills. And, yeah, but then... You know, went through the 14s, 15s, and you know the real stuff started under 17 level back then. And yep. 
Um, then obviously with the school footy, like like it still is now. Today I sort of ended up playing first 18 for a few years at Sturt. I mean, at, sorry, PAC. Um, and then my first year out of out of, um, out of school, I was still only 17. I was a young sort of year 12. Um, started off in the senior senior cult to under 19s at Sturt, and mm-hmm. I think I played about the first six games in in the in the um, under 19s, and I sort of progressed up into the reserves. Played about 10 games of reserves. This was 1995, um, and I played my first game against South Adelaide down at um, Norlunga, the first league game, and ended up playing the last five games of 1995, um, which is where the sort of careers started. Yep. Yeah. So, so from there, where you know, weathers, you establish yourself pretty quick, really. That you came through. By the way, I'm not surprised that Mick uh, did use that line to say that you're under. That that doesn't surprise me <laughs> whatsoever. Um, from from there, though, weathers. So you establish yourself pretty quick, and you really then were just a consistent player for Sturt there for a long time. Um, you know, just bang consistent performance. And of course, Sturt went through some hard times, mm-hmm. some real hard yep. times, and you know, it looked like the doors were going to be closed at one stage, and it was really within a bee's dick of being closed. Were the players that, aware of that? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think um, as a, my first year, that nineteen ninety five season, that was the year we didn't win a game mm-hmm. um, as, as a club, and obviously, being a young, I was only sort of seventeen and a half, seventeen year old kid. Like I was so thrilled to be playing league football. Um, I guess that that excitement probably yep. I guess hid hid those sort of overall results. Like as a kid, you're just trying to find your find your place at that stage. And um, yeah, so '95, you know, you know, didn't win a game. And then obviously this was sort of when Phil Carmen just came in. And um, I think from my point of view, Phil really he stuck with a core group of players, and we had a really good group of you know some senior players and your Bruce Lennons and your Chris Threadgolds at that stage and. You know, over the coming years, um, Phil, you know, believed in us, and he, you know, got some amazing recruits, and you know, Damien Squire and yep. came across, and Brody Atkinson came across, who two of my greatest mentors through my period there, and you know, then you had, you know, Dean Woosom came across, and you know, we managed to get some some really good players from other clubs as well, who were probably near, you know, half towards maybe the end of their careers, and and then yeah, Phil stuck with us, and. Yeah, I definitely do remember those days when, you know, the back of the advertiser, they had pictures of Sturt and Nord and, you know, mm. trying to pick a team from those for the AFL when that was the yeah. rumour at that stage coming into the AFL. And then, then obviously, then, the, you know, the possibility of Sturt folding and then, you know, again, combining with Nord in the SAFL. And, yeah, and I was definitely played in your mind. And um, one of my greatest mates, Ben Nelson, I mean, always, obviously, he's, his old man, Sandy, had a lot to do with the, you know, I, through his era, that, that group of guys through that era really did stand up and, you know, you know, they probably showed the way, I think, and led the way in, you know, making sure that we didn't fold. And, you know, I think the, the Sturt Footy Club's got a lot to thank from that core group of players through that time. Also, we better add, too, that at one stage it looked like cricket could, could have been the go. Weathers could seriously bowl a leg break. They turned a bloody long way. And his dad was a very good leggy as well. And... And state state junior sides with Bass and Simon Goodwin, um, yeah. So cricket yeah. cricket was a distinct possibility at one stage. Oh, it was probably you know probably my number one sport to be honest until I was probably twenty um, or maybe not twenty, but you know through through junior grades I played in the old state Tapsar as a footy side, but then you know didn't make another state footy side after that, and um, 
yeah, cricket was I sort of played, you know, stayed under 12, stayed under 17s for two years, stayed under 19s, mm. you know, played a second 11 game. I guess my pathway was definitely looking down the cricket cricket way. And I think like like in those days, you know, cricket and footy were the two sports for a lot of guys. And yep. I mean, obviously you mentioned Nathan Bassett and he, we played and stayed under 19s together. And, you know, Simon Goodwin was a little little left arm opening bowler. Was, he, he was smaller than me in those days. And, <laughs> um yeah, so we, we had some good good sort of, um, you know, guys who just love playing sport. Um, and I guess back those days, there probably weren't the opportunities in cricket that, that there are these days. Um, in, and the way I looked at things, back then, I think there was, say, 45 players on an AFL list. There was, you know, I think 15, 14 or 15 teams, whereas cricket, you basically had to be in the best 11 in the state to really, you know, play at that, you know, that top level. And to me, it was probably a numbers game. In the end, I sort of thought I had, more opportunities through football and um, yeah, I, I was still playing a bit of A grade cricket when I was playing league football. And I think it got to that stage where I think the grand final for cricket was the first round of SNFL footy. And it just didn't make sense to play a full season, then have to then choose not to play in a grand final or, or miss a league game. And so, yeah, so at the end of 95, when I just made my league sort of started playing league footy, cricket was, you know, love, love, still love, do love, love my cricket. Um, but, yeah, I think the opportunities to me at that stage look better in footy. So that was probably what decision came. Who, who are you watching in the cricket these days, mate? Who's who's the player that uh, gets you up off the couch and uh, jumping up and down for joy when they're, yeah, when they're well, going well? I think a young lad called Jake Weatherald. Um, he's a yes. little Jakey. Um, <laughs> yeah, he's a, a young Darwin lad. So he's my, my dad's brother's son. And so, obviously, Jake's a Darwin lad. And he came down and bought it at PAC when I was teaching there and, um, I've obviously followed his career really close to being a being obviously, you know, a cousin and you know, family member. It's um, yeah, me and my whole family love going to watch him play in the Big Bash League and obviously through the through the through the Redbacks through those periods. Um, I can honestly say, Pete. So I've gone to a Shield game and and South Australia fielding, and I am just pissing myself laughing because Jake was fielding square leg. And the ridiculous mannerisms to say that Jake and Tim are identical is ridiculous. And it was. It was just like watching a junior Tim out there. And it was. And it's funny when Tim you know, mentioned Simon Goodwin because back then you had um, Tim Tim's dad uh, Tom Simon's dad Terry and Weathers Weathers uh, dad both playing for Paynham. Yes, and. They're the old days in terms of, you know, you're in the bar afterwards and let's be honest, if uh, Mick took wickets, he would quite often be the last person there. And we used to joke that we'd go around and, and uh, change the uh, muck around with the, with Mick's car to cha- adjust the, the, uh, you know, the, the bolts and all that yes. so that Tim could drive home. It was a bit of a standard joke, <laughs> but yeah. So you actually spent a lot of time with Goody as, as kids, didn't you? Yeah, no, definitely. And then we, we both sort of started our uh, – he, he played cricket at Sturt as well in, in all those under-14s and 16s. Yeah. And um, we, our footy part, footy footy never really crossed paths. Um, you know, as, you know, the Simon Goodman story is an amazing story, which is, you know, obviously amazing that, you know, he was probably really was a cricketer as well. And, you know, he sort of – Oh, he could bowl. The crows and uh, he, he just grew late. And, um, yeah. But no, we started our uni, uni, uni university as, as teachers together down under our I used to drive to Simon's house on a uh, on a daily basis. We catch a, you know, he would drive me down to uni and yeah, spent a lot of time with Simon through those sort of early late teenage, early early twenties and yeah, I, I've run into Simon a few times and yeah, he's 
he's a great fella, and you know, yeah. it's, it's he hasn't great changed. To the success he's had as well, and but no, yeah, we as as we mentioned earlier, we definitely grew up, you know, around Paynham Paynham Cricket Club, and and with the, with the parents knowing each other, and yeah, so nuts. Um, yeah, def, definitely still love the cricket. I still go to the, every test match I can get get my, get myself to, and um, but yeah, obviously, footy was my pathway, and you know, I've got no regrets with the decisions I made, and um, yeah, I look back and you know, really really pleased what happened in my footy. So moving on, obviously with the footy, uh, you made the nineteen. Did I read the nineteen eighty nine state uh, Sapsaza team? Uh yeah, that was a, a, a amazing sort of amazing sort of. Um, I guess my first and only ever state footy team I ever made of all things. But um, yes, yeah, had some good players there. Little Michael O'Loughlin was in that team, and he was uh, yeah, he, he was a little funny little fella back those days. Um, yeah, he was probably the most. I guess the player who went on. To amazing to do amazing things. Um, yeah, we went to Wollongong um, and we ended up winning the Australian Championship. So yeah, that was a great memory and yeah, some, some great um, great memories from that. And yeah, obviously, really, I mean, only from, from a personal point of view, my two I, I had four daughters in the end, and my young twin girls just got selected in the state under twelve girls team last week. So um, so I guess it's done full circle. And now my little two will get to go and do do the same thing, hopefully. Absolutely. So, to then with weather. So you moved on with with Sturt, keep going, and then we get to the '99, and, and geez, the so nilly, but an under an under fabulous Phil, and it's really interesting with with Phil. Like, let's be honest, he's been a journeyman in his footy career. You know, changed clubs often yep. due to his actions and all that. But it's interesting that he considers himself a Sturt person, which I think it's a pretty big tick to Sturt in that day and what, what then uh, developed from that era and 99 was so close, mate. Yeah, no, I mean, as I said, Phil was my – Phil. my my career started with Phil and my first seven years were, were with Phil Carmen and, um, yeah, I, I, he, I could never, ever speak more highly of what Phil did for me and, and for the footy club. Like, um, yeah, some, some funny stories, like stories which – yeah, which is just Phil Carmen stories, and yeah, he was just—I I personally probably didn't really understand how how much of a superstar he was, and until one one sort of pre-season we went over to Collingwood, and he took us to, you know, obviously Victoria Park over there, and we walked in there, and you know these current players and you know old board members just looked at Phil Carmen, and his name was on the wall, and just the way they spoke about him over there, it was just amazing to see, you know, over in Melbourne, you know how highly regarded he was and um but I mean I mean many of you would, would have heard and last year who's the guest of the SNFL at that luncheon and yeah, he spoke so highly of Sturt in that yeah. time and that was I'm sure that's what you're referring to Malky when he when he when you when he thinks back to his career his time at Sturt's probably probably one of his one of his best memories of the time he spent and um of the the friends and mates he made out of that time. And look, as a player, I will still say Carmen is the only person that I consider the equal of robber and pure repurability, but white line fever ruined that. So that shows yeah. how highly that, you know, obviously I saw him as Nord as a kid and all that as well. And yeah. and back then, yeah. back yeah. then too, Carmen, o, uh, Robert Odie and Neil Craig used to train up at uh, the, the hockey oval at Parkinson up the top 
when I scored yep. for Kenzie as a kid. And they've often said that Carmen, Carmen and Craig were the two fit, fittest footballers in the country. So Carmen, when he went to Collingwood, said, oh, about coming over Collingwood, he's gone, well, it's not as professional as Norwood. Yep. So, yeah, yep. people just didn't sort of that blew people away. Well, he, I mean, as, I mean, when you talk to anyone who played for Sturt during the Carmen period, the, probably the, the greatest memories, or maybe not the greatest memories, was this, the Friday morning run. So he... Yes, he was the head, head head of security at St Peter's College. So we'd uh, we'd meet at Phil's house at quarter past six every Friday morning during pre season and even during season sometimes. And we'd race from his house down the little lane behind St Peter's. Yeah, we'd hit the torrents. We'd race down to the weirs about just just under five k's, I think it was. And um, and it was a, like we'd race. She, she was flat out. And um, I reckon for my first two years, Phil beat everyone. Yeah. <laughs> Um, we're talking, you know, guys coming off AFL lists, and Phil Phil was was running fast, and, and we were trying to beat him. Don't worry. Um, no, he was amazing. I, he, was, crazy. he was, and I, I I ended up beating him. I think he had a he had a knackered knee. Nothing about me, but I ended up um, I ran behind him this day, and I I sort of just as you come past the little past three golf course, I sort of snuck past him, and I ran across the bridge. So I, I beat him for the first time, and. I was pretty pretty proud of myself. I've just got over the cross over past that line there, and Phil's come up behind me. He's grabbed me. I was only eighteen at the time, young kid. He's grabbed me around the throat and thrown me up against the fence and whacked me in the guts, and called me a little prick and um, and a few other expletives, which you can imagine what Phil said. Yes. And, and warned me never, <laughs> never to ever run behind him again and, and beat him in a race like that. Um, Interesting. So then we then we then we then run the five k's back. Um, back to Phil's house. So it was 10 k's every Friday we'd do. Um, so then the next week, you know, we take off again, running down this lane, and I tried to run past Phil at the start, and he started to kick me, and he started to throw his arms around and whack me, and <laughs> <laughs> he wouldn't let me get any past this time. But um, but no, he 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 was an amazing athlete. Like he was. Um, well, they reckon so that fit. he could yeah. have decathlon with a decathlon medaled in the decathlon. Like he held athletic records at Pembroke for 30 odd years. So he was yeah, incredible. I mean, he still talks. No, as I said, referring back to last year when he spoke to us all, I think he, I think last year he broke the world record for an indoor ergo um, or some, <laughs> some, there's some, something online. So he's still an exceptionally fit, fit man now. But um, yeah, the Phil Carmen era was amazing. And it was actually 98, the year you took, you're referring to, yeah. Malky, where, where we um, only lost four games for the whole Sorry, year. And um, yeah. yep. it was those early days when um, Port Adelaide sort of, they snuck through in, into the five that year. Their AFL players, yeah. I think they only had to play three games yes. to qualify back yeah, it was three days. games, um, yep. And so your Brett Chalmers, some young Burgoynes, um, you know, came back into their side. And I think they made fifth by on percentage and ended up coming through from fifth to make the grand final. And, and we'd beaten them all year. But they, it was, yeah, they ended up knocking us off in the grand final. Um, but, yeah, that was, yeah, that was the year which we probably should have won. Um, then you sort of flip through to to O two where we hadn't beaten centrals all year. Yeah. It's quite a remarkable year. Like ourselves, Sturt and Nord, uh, sorry, Sturt, Nord and Centrals were the the three yep. best sides. Beat everyone else easily, but Centrals couldn't beat Nord. Nord couldn't beat Sturt, and Sturt couldn't beat Centrals throughout the minor round. Um, and so it got to the grand final. And we were definitely the the major underdogs. I think we'd lost to them four times Centrals during that yeah. season. And, um, so yeah, so obviously '98 we probably should have won, and and then '02 where we were the underdogs we did win. So yeah, um, would love to have won a couple of grand finals, but yeah, to win that one in '02 was was amazing. And pretty special under you know sticks 
Sticks's influence in that year, mate. And yeah, Sticks had come from uni, so obviously it had a bit to do <laughs> yeah. with Sticks in that regard. Yeah. <laughs> no, yes, obviously that was Phil had sort of um, moved on and, you know, we had a sort of, you know, tough finish to the year before and, you know, Brenton came in and, you know, Sticko was, uh, he, he probably just, you know, Phil had got, gotten us so far and, you know, just through pure effort and, you know, just inspiring us and Sticks just added a little bit of structure and, you know, just couple of those little things on the outside the edges and yeah yeah he, he was he was great obviously to you know to work with us that year and um yeah it was an amazing feeling to win that grand final obviously uh went through the tough times uh early on with a couple of wooden spoons there and yeah to make a grand final and uh just get pipped by Port Adelaide and then go on in 2002 and taste the ultimate glory uh was it definitely the highlight of your career to that stage? I mean, obviously everyone plays for a premiership, but are there special moments along the way that you remember um, that sort of culminate in that grand final victory? Yeah, I mean, nothing compares to that that moment when the siren went that year, like, and nothing before, nothing since. Um, Sporting-wise, I should say, I better not mention anything about um, family and Having babies, but <laughs> yes. um, it was pretty. <laughs> well, we'll pretty get to good. that. We'll get back between to. We'll get pre, to your test, the text pre, message. Last year was pretty. It was pretty special, but um, yeah. And I mean, I mean, throughout the career, I mean, the first game, the, the first game is always an amazing thing. Yep. I was a young kid growing up in in the SNFL, and you know, to play a league league game was just extraordinary for me. And so that 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 memory of that first game down at Norlunga, and I remember my first first mark, and some someone from I can't remember who it was. From South came and knocked me over, and and, a, and Andrew Geddes, who's you know one of those great guys through that period, he went and just whacked him for me. and said, "Don't you touch that little fella again." And he probably did that for the next ten years for me. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was just yeah, that first game is very special. Um, the first win we beat West Adelaide the following year, you know, which I think I can't remember the actual number of da- games we'd lost in a row. Uh, I think it was in the 30s or 40s. Yeah, um, I thought it was in the 30s. Yeah. Yeah, that, but that we beat West Adelaide at Adelaide Oval, and, and that was that was a, a great memory. Um, you know, then you know, there's milestone games. It's the first final you play in, and yep. yeah, I, I think. But yeah, no, nothing compares to that grand final. Um, you know, so a late one, which I'm sure you remember. Rule book, probably one of the greatest memories late in my career was, you know as a team was winning the prelim final versus the Eagles for Nord yep. in my, in my second to last game. when uh, we, we were out of the game. We're probably, you oh, know, we gone. Yeah. Gone. And, you know, Nick Dyger stuck that goal in late. And yeah, that was, what was a, ma- a marvelous moment for me late in my career to, to win that one, um, to give myself another chance at a grand final the final oh. week. But um, yeah, the milestones, 100, 200, 300 yep. were amazing games, but yeah, like that grand final, nothing compares. Okay, Tim, now onto the really serious side of it with Bali. Um, I think we all, from back here, all thought, oh, geez, that's terrible, you know, and all that. But for me, it was almost like a light bulb. It was smashing. Watching you run to Julie at the airport, no, obviously knowing the two of you and knowing Julie for 40-odd years and all that, that really smashed home to me about it. And then... I hit, you know, unusually for me, hesitated for a long time. And we were doing an Oz kick thing at Prince's. I could virtually name, go and find the blade of grass where I asked you. And I, and I was really nervous asking you, you know, can I ask you about barley? And your response 
Your exact words were, please do, Malcolm. I've been encouraged to talk about it. And, yeah, so then we started, and you said you'd written a book. I then went and got it in in our break. I'd read it that night. Um, and, yeah, the whole barley bit, so- just unfathomable, we all agree, but that we spoke about it so much and... So we'll fill in yeah. fill in some of our listeners that may yeah. not be aware of the, the obviously the Bali bombings in two thousand and two. Yep. Sturt were obviously uh, there on their end of season trip. Is that right, Weathers? Yeah, yeah true. So it was, it was literally uh, won the grand final on the Sunday, and and obviously being a school teacher, I partied most of that week, and uh, we headed off to Bali on the that Friday night. Arrived sort of early on the Saturday morning. So what's that? Sort of five and a half, six days later, and then yeah. then the bombings. There was. Um, 20 of us inside the Surrey Club on that night, six days later after the grand wow. final. So, yes, it was the shortest celebration of a premiership ever, I think. But, um, and but I think as, as you touched base on, I think there, Malcolm, in regards to, you know, obviously 9 11 had occurred, probably the first really big, yes. you know, terrorist attack. And, you know, obviously massive, um, hard to fathom then. But back in Australia, you probably didn't really know people. Whereas, whereas as yeah. you said, I think Bali for Australians, people had been there all the time or, knew someone or I think it was so much closer to home in regards to, to that is probably why it had such a big impact on people in Australia. And um, yeah, that's, that's, you know, as, as last year was the 20 years since that had happened. And um, yeah, it was obviously a horrible, horrible moment in our lives. And, and, you know, the footy club was, you know, I, I've said this from the start, the probably the way I got through it was I was so, so lucky to have so many people, who came through with me from Sturt and then the support of a footy club. I hate to think of those people who were over there with just one or two friends and came back by themselves. So uh, I was lucky as were all the Sturt boys who came back to have so many great people and not just Sturt, but the SNFL who supported us. And yeah, it's obviously sad. Um, yeah, nothing you can, will ever compare and you never forget it. Um, but yeah, we all, we've all sort of, um, you know, had, had lives since then and, yeah, it's a really horrible memory which we go back to, but that's that's um, part of our history. But also with with that, Pete, that um, uh, Mocha, Mocha Dunstan said, because Josh Deegan's body got found just as Sturt were about to land, and said, look, we've got to get someone to speak. Mm-hmm. And Tim put up his hand to speak. Now, we can sit here and debate over who's a good captain, who's a good you know, coach. Yep. It's all bullshit where Tim displayed life and death leadership. Yep. And, yeah, that was, she was, um, it was one, one of those things that, you know, when we flew back into Adelaide, you know, a couple of days after it all. And um, I think I'd been in the media, I'd sort of obviously just, just won the McGarry medal as well. And, you know, I guess I was sort of in the media a little bit and um, yeah, it was, it was a pretty traumatic time. And yeah, I just, I guess I was the person I mean, I was only 24, 25 at that stage and probably one of the most senior players on the trip. We were all pretty young kids. And, um, yeah, I guess that was – that was I took on that role of trying to – yeah, I wanted people back in Australia to know what had happened. That, I guess that was the thing. Um, and still do want people to know. And yeah. So it's never forgotten. And, mm-hmm. yeah, it was um, – yeah, horribly horrible, tough, tough period. But, yeah, I think – we all we all helped each other through, and, and we still do nowadays. Was it a case of uh, absolute chaos? Um, obviously, trying to get information and friends, uh, family, trying to get in contact. Um, yeah, was it a, was it a 
a state of chaos for you guys? Oh, 100%, yeah. I mean, as I said, we'd only arrived that morning, um, so the, the Saturday morning with the old Bali overnight flight sort of thing, as, you, as you, or you've all heard about. And um, as I said, we're all young kids. No, I think of our group of 20, maybe one or two blokes had a phone. Um, so you, there wasn't the te- technology had today and mm. um, didn't really know Bali at all. I'd never, no, I'd never travelled there by myself. I don't think anyone in our group had ever been there. And um, you're obviously in the middle of a nightclub and, and the, when the bomb went off, um, we all pretty much got separated because we're sort of in different places of yep. the bar. And I, I, I somehow managed to get out the front of the bar. Some guys went out the back and I ended up back at our motel, um, ironically, which is, which is lucky for me. And another player was back there at the time and and his story is an amazing story he left left the place uh, probably at half an hour before the bomb went off feeling feeling sick and he was in the second level of our motel room and and when the bomb went off he hit the roof and all the windows came flying in as a as just to descri- describe i suppose wow. the power of the bomb that was sort of uh, from maybe 500 meters away from it um but yes yeah, so i ended up back at the motel and the night was pretty much spent just sitting in the foyer, you know, trying to ring people back in Australia. Yep. Um, you mentioned Graham Dunstan. Like I rang my father, Mickey, back in Adelaide, probably. I don't know how long after the bomb was went off. He, but I still reckon he was probably one of the first people in Australia who ever even heard about it. Um, he then rang, rang Mocker and you know, those two guys back in Adelaide, along with lots of other families, sort of, you know, phone calls over the next sort of 10, 12 hours. We basically, we, we sat there ticking names off as we heard, you know, some blokes were stuck down on the beach. Some blokes ended up at the airport. Some guys called us from random, you know, random motels around Bali. And you know, I guess by about six o'clock the next morning, we'd sort of, um, you know, ticked off where most guys were. We knew, knew Julian Burton had been badly burnt, was in hospital. Um, we didn't know where Josh and we didn't know where Bobby were. And so it was one of those, yeah, like, do we want to get out of here? How do we get home? Ringing consulates. You know, just had no idea what to do. Like it was just a, as you as you as you said, utter chaos. All the all the local people wanting to come in and see what had happened. All the people who were involved were trying to escape, and so it was just a backlog of people, and you literally couldn't move. It's an incredible. Yeah, it's yeah. an incredible yeah. story, really. Yeah, it's still mind boggling. Um, yeah. Obviously, uh, Sturt being the wonderful club that they are, they obviously would have helped you guys out with counselling and and support during that time. Um, any comment yeah, I mean, on, on yeah, how, sure. how they handled it? No, definitely. Like, it was, I mean, amazing and, and tough for them as well. Like, you know, Brenton Phillips, first-year coach, just won a premiership, and now he's got, got you know, 20 of his players, you know, going through an experience like that. So, um, yeah, like, it, 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 hard to describe. It was, yeah, they they did an amazing, amazing support for us, like a, I still think probably one of the best things we did we, when we got back may have been three or four months after we, we all, when I say all of us, the, the guys who, who came back and survived Bali, we, we sat in a big room and had a bit of a round conversation. And and for me, it was great to hear someone else say that they couldn't sleep or that they yeah. sat themselves every time they heard a, heard a loud noise because you realise you weren't the only one. And yeah. um, I do probably think we should have done more group stuff. Um, they They did lots of individual stuff, but to me, sitting with those boys and talking about it as a group, I think was was more helpful for me um, to know that I wasn't the only one going through these stupid things, which which I thought, yeah. Yeah, there's a couple now that yeah, we know so, are still struggling and really, yeah, I think definitely. that's a pretty important yeah. point that that would have helped. Um, yeah, so, and I'm sure the club would, would agree with that now. And 
think things have changed a lot, I suppose, in, in 20 years in, around those sorts of things. But, um, yeah, no, the club couldn't have done anything more than what they did and, yeah, very thankful for, for the sport through that time. Weathers, I remember ringing sticks, you know, uh, when I was writing the article on, article on you and asking Sticks, you know, how'd you cope Ree Barley? And Sticks' exact words back were, Rubble, you're not given a coaching manual how to deal with terrorism. Mm. And I and I thought, geez, wow. that just nails it. Yeah. So. Yeah, no, it's spot, spot on. So it's, um, it, it was, it was an, un, probably may, may never happen again. I don't know. I really hope, yeah. I, I hope to God it never happens again to yeah. any, any, any sporting club. But, um, yeah, it was um, yeah, it was definitely part of Sturt's history now, and um, yeah, they still uh, there's there's a um, you know the the club is Sturt and named after Bobby, and yeah. there's a reserve medal named after Deegs. So it's you know I played a golf day every year for Deegs, and the Sturt Cricket Club and Footy Clubs played an annual game for Bobby. So yeah, and I might point out it's amazing. I might point out there, Pete, that Tim's probably the main driver of those functions too, and reunion each year and all that Tim drives the bus for uh, for it which shows his character as well so. yeah no it's it's yeah every, everyone everyone supports it and yeah it's, uh, yeah we just don't want it to ever be forgotten like probably the one thing which which I never get is you need to move on that was one thing which we, we, we'll never move on through it and we don't want to move on from it. and that's something which which um, yeah. sometimes annoys me when people say that that's probably the one comment I don't like or you need to move on from it or yeah, it's just, bullshit. Just get, yeah. get past it. Yeah, some some which you, and I don't want to not does, forget, not not remember it either. So does it reignite when obviously it's brought up through the the news? I mean, obviously we're talking about it here in a fairly open forum, but you know, obviously on the news, um, you know, somebody gets released that was part of that group. Does that does that bring up bad bad experiences for you guys, or is it like no, let's just heal, knowing that that's going on, and we'll move on. Um, yeah, no. Every time I, I I do think about it, or it's in the media, it still definitely brings back pretty horrible memories. And and I I openly have cried and, and still do cry now about it. Um, that's sometimes it gets me, sometimes it doesn't. Um, yeah, it's funny that, isn't it? Yeah, it's yeah, it's one of those things. But I mean, for the for the, I mean, I, I often talk about the story that when Ambrosie, who was one of the main bomb, bombers, was in court, I had a cameraman following me around for twelve hours because they wanted to see my, my reaction when he was sentenced. Um, yep. So we're definitely, the media was definitely all over, and, yeah. and I, was, I was quite a big contact for it. And, um, yeah, it was, it was pretty tough during those early days for sure. And, but, yeah, last year with the 20-year anniversary project, was the most media had been on it for a long time. And, yeah, that definitely – I actually travelled back over to Bali, which was, which was great to go with my family. And I guess from now, probably the thing that rocks me more is – his family and, and seeing them get emotional about it as well. So, Mate. yeah, no, it will always be with me. It'll always affect me, and and that's that's just my life, and and, and that's fine. Mate, you're only human. You're only human, yeah, and yeah. it's a it's a totally natural response. And I will say, Tim's wife Marnie is one of the great people of the world, and uh, yeah, can't speak highly enough about Marnie either. Yeah, no, it's um, well, that's like you know, well, on that I guess twenty years late last year. Got a little tattoo just sort of just below the heart there, just you know, live life with no regrets, and um, that's probably how my standard line, I suppose, since then is. And that's we, we both, me and Marnes, both think that same thing that uh, you just got to live life. And I have ever since then, I've probably a bit flippant with my money sometimes, but you know, I never know what might happen tomorrow. So definitely, you know, 
my life motto has been to live life with no regrets ever since. Mate, thank you for sharing that with us. That's, uh, yeah, it's an unbelievable story and, yeah, we, we definitely won't be forgetting it and thank you for sharing that with us tonight. But we've, we've got to keep going with the footy. That's exactly right. <laughs> I, I wanted to... That's right. Let's move on. Wanted right. to jump on, on jump on that, but no, thank you for that. But uh, obviously uh, a bit hard, obviously, with the Premiership defence there and uh, the next uh, year or so... Uh, playing off the bench uh, became a bit frustrated. Yeah, definitely. It was one of those for the next couple of years. You know, it was, you know, you know, probably play play. I was probably at, at, probably I felt close to my peak in that sort of in that period. Um, yeah, a few disappointments in regards. So I didn't sort of didn't get get a state game, and I didn't get drafted. You know, if, you know, obviously when you're a kid playing footy, you want to play at the absolute highest level, and um, to not get to get that opportunity is probably the one, one of my regrets in the end. And uh, you can't do anything about that, but I would love to have played one game of AFL and not been good enough or whatever, but to not, not get an opportunity is sort of, is always a little bit frustrating. And yeah, then I guess as, as the club changes, we went through a couple of coaches during that period. And um, I guess the game changed a bit as well. And I guess uh, probably for me, the main changing, changing of, of, I guess of my career was probably when Rick McGowan came on involved in the club and, he had a different pathway for the club, which is as a as a coach is his prerogative for sure. And I guess I probably wasn't in his eyes seen as as part of his future. And the first year with Ricky, I sort of played probably I think every game off the bench and got to the finals and same sort of thing. I still felt I was contributing pretty well. And um, but yeah, just sort of wasn't sure where I sat. Um, and sort of probably end, at the end of that season, um, spoke to Rick and sort of said, you know, I've had a pretty good career I'm pretty happy where I'm at look I'm thinking maybe you know if you don't want me to continue on maybe I'm better off retiring and, and moving on from now mm-hmm. and and he sort of encouraged no no we really really want you to play and whatever whatever so I came back the following season and did the full pre-season and got to the first sort of trial game and, and he picked me in the reserves and and I hadn't played reserves for 16 years at that stage I was as you spoke about earlier, like I was, I was very lucky as a player, injury-wise. I didn't didn't miss games, and form-wise, I was pretty consistent. So, from my league debut in 1995, I hadn't played a reserves game ever since. Um, and not not there was any issues with that. I, I if I had to play reserves, I would have. But um, after that sort of career, I was in my early 30s. Um, I sort of thought at that stage, look, I'd, I'd rather retire, you know, as a league footballer. And what I'd done, I, I was quite proud of. Um, so then I, I sort of told the club at that time that, you know, I felt I'd rather rather retire than, than sort of spend my last few years playing reserves footy. And, and so that sort of was a really disappointing way to at the end the footy at, at, um, at Sturt. Um, I'd always, like any kid, I think you, you want to play at the same club your whole life. I grew up as a Sturt person and, um, and it wasn't to be for me, unfortunately. Um, so then I was a bit lost. I'd done a full pre-season. I was got myself nice and fit, ready to play footy, and I was at a bit of a loss. And uh, so I ended up playing um, a game over at Tumby Bay, of all things. That's right. Little yep. Michael, Michael Curtis, one of my yeah. great mates, who's Tumby Bay lad, and um, he got me over there. And um, he always says I got caught holding the ball about 15 times that game because uh, I was too slow, he reckons. But um, <laughs> I tell him he, he was too slow to get the right spot. But um wasn't the greatest game for me, but it was good fun. And, yeah, then ended up... Um, you know, as I said, didn't really know what, what I was going to do. I was still working in Adelaide and and still loved my footy and had a phone call, quite a random phone call from um, Jack Cale, so who was down at South Adelaide in those times. Um, 
And he sort of basically said to me, look, look I'd love you to, he reckons I was still good enough to play league football. And, you know, when someone like that says something like that to you, you think, oh, gee, that sounds good. Um, and so I ended up having a meeting with, well, I organised to have a meeting with Jack the following Monday down at Glenelg. Um, and I thought, well, if I'm going to do that, I want to have a bit of a look at who's South playing for South. And so I went out to watch South Adelaide play North Adelaide, of all things, at Prospect. So I sat yep. on the, on, in the outer just watching those guys play, doing a bit of, bit of research to have my meeting with, with South on the Monday. And um, the coach of Nord at the time, Trevor Hill, Trevor was Hill. standing in the outer. Um, and I knew Trevor just through, through my work, through school, sport. He said, what are you doing here? And I sort of said, like, you know, I said, oh, just sort of think, weighing up my future, whatever. And, and he said, well, would you be interested in coming to Nord? Just off the cuff. And so, you know, without going into it, long, long story short. Um, yeah, I want to get involved in, the, in yeah, here in a minute, yeah. Weathers. Yeah, um, that, that was, that's sort of the, the short of it, really. And, um, yes, I was working at, at Prince Alfred College at the time. So, um, you know, Nord, obviously, similar sort of area to Sturt, similar sort of values, I felt. Um, so yeah, at this stage, though, great, Pete, but it's just so far away. <laughs> yeah, and I'll get to... club club songs pretty close too. Yeah, no, no. And, let's um, remember though, Weathers, we were doing Sap Sarza together at this stage, and yeah, yes, yes. Yeah. So he said East Adelaide. Yep. So which we we did for a long time. We'll get to one of the wins on that as well during yeah. the the next bit. But so he said, right, Robert, what's your thoughts here? Take your Nord hat off, and I said, yeah, well, South. <laughs> And that, but then yeah, I said, Weathers, you've effectively answered the question yourself with the travel point. And I left that night, and I'm thinking as I walked out, walked out towards my car at West Beach, I'm thinking, I reckon Weathers will sign for Nord tonight. Walked in the next morning, your first words were, hey, Robert, I signed for Nord last night. <laughs> yeah, you, you, I, I, I must say, I... I... I forgot about the old Tapsarza thing, but you're right, because I ended up having a photo at the Tapsarza training, didn't I? I yes. The Nord jumper, so. Yep. <laughs> with a couple of the boys. But, um, yeah, so long long story short, um, basically, as, as a kid growing up, you just want to play league football and, you know, to get told you had to stop um, and then to get another opportunity, I thought, well, you know, some people never get one opportunity to play league footy. And to, to me, to get offered another opportunity um, anywhere, I, I think I would have taken it because I just love playing so much. And, yeah, I ended up being, you know, three of the greatest years of footy, which I thoroughly enjoyed. And um, Nord, Nord became a great club. And Marnie, myself and the family, we feel we can walk into both clubs and, you know, are really proud of, you know, being involved with both those clubs and they're both fantastic clubs to me. And, yeah, those last three years at Nord were awesome. Yeah, it was funny. So there was a lot of publicity, you know, at Ironically, after Tim Tim Jennifer was the previous one, yes. with, with uh, we interviewed Tim last week, uh, Weathers, okay, yeah. um, with you playing your three hundredth, and now yeah. normally yeah. on a Saturday morning, we you know, I was umpiring, you were coaching at Princes, and you know, you're a person of wish you luck, you know, for a game, yeah. and it, but it was still your release on a Saturday morning, school sport before yep. before yeah, playing, yeah, I loved it. yep. But that Saturday morning. Every single person from the opposition, every opposition, parents walking up, wishing you luck. And I'm just watching you, and you you were toeier than a Roman sandal. And I was pissing myself laughing. So <laughs> I started to give you shit about the pink publicity and that in the week, just to try and get you to laugh a bit. And yes. then back then, so the 299th game was, was against Sturt at Unley. 
And then yep, the three. Yep. So your two ninety ninth, I reckon I bought took, bought Lucy and Katie over to the rooms, and yep. then your three hundredth, and it turned out weather's ordered the weather that day because it rained at, against Port at Albert. Perfect. And as you were getting cheered off, and the Nord crowd were chanting Timmy, Timmy, I thought, geez. This is a huge tick for Weathers and Marnie. How much, how quickly they've settled into the parade to be so to be so accepted, and it was a little bit unusual because Sturt weren't playing that day, so there was Sturt was open for Sturt guys to come into the rooms, and which is unusual, in, yeah, in most be, cases. So Bruce Lennon, there was Threaders. Trying to think who else. Shades was there. Shades, yeah. yeah. But they were all quite nervous. They were just standing by themselves at the and I went over to Beetle and said, No, this is Weather's Day. Bugger this Nord Sturt bullshit. Get in there. And then I brought Lucy and Katie in. Lucy ran up with the with the lollies and that sort of broke the ice as well. And then of course that three hundredth that night was the Nord auction as well. So it became a Nord auction. T Wetterill 300th night. And the Sturt guys, to their credit, bought a table. And I thought that was fantastic that night as well, Weathers. No, as I said, like they, they're both, both great clubs. You're obviously, you're always competitors on the field. And, you know, I was, I definitely didn't, didn't ask those boys to do that. And, um, yeah, that was real. I was really, really, you tickle pink to, to have that support from those boys who I played. Obviously, played, you know, over 250 games, probably 200 games with some of them individually. Yeah. So, um, yeah, that, that that was amazing. That game down at Port Lauderdale, and we had a good win down there, which was always nice. And yeah. uh, um, as you said, it was nice and wet, so the ball was on the ground plenty of times for me to get a few sneaky kicks and kick it 20 metres. But um, yeah, I think uh, Brian the doorman was a bit confused with who was coming in the in the door. And no, no, they're allowed in today, yeah. right? It he was, wasn't going to let them no, in. No, he wasn't going to let those stirp pricks in, no. <laughs> But uh, no, no, that that was. I get, you talk about memories and of, of when you finish off in there. That was definitely one of, up there with one of the best playing that three hundred. Yeah, and, great. Though. Yeah, I think the way the way that footy's going, there may not be too many who get to play no, three hundred. There won't the be NFL, another South. So, um, there won't be another SNFL player. Yep. Um, yeah. So um, hope there is, yeah. but I don't think there will be. Um, so whether so the uh, the era under Bass at Nord. Yep. Go for it. Yep. Yeah, well, obviously, I mean, I, I knew, as, as we spoke about earlier in, in the chat, like I knew Bass through cricket and crossed paths just through having kids and whatever. And, um, yeah, so my first year at, at Nord was with Trev. Um, you know, that was, you know, we... we and again, you didn't box. play a reserves game either, Weathers. No, well, I was picked in the reserves yes. to play my first game. I and, heard that. And... Um, Gags. Did a hammy, didn't he? Gallagher did his hammy, yeah. the old bugger, so... Um, I do mention that to Gags every now and then, but um, yeah. So then I was I got thrown straight into the team to play North um, at Prospect first game, and yeah. So talking about the reserves thing, yeah. So I ne- never actually ended up playing a reserves game at North either. Just was able to sort of sneak in, and um, that was I think it was about round would have been about round six or seven, I think. Yep. Um, was that game, and yeah, we, we ended up having a great year, and you know, a young Taylor Walker yes. was a pretty handy player during those periods, and. Um, we snuck through into the finals and we beat Port in that elimination final. So I think it was the first time Nord had won a final for a, you'd be able to know better than me, Malky, but I don't think they had, had won a final for a few years. Yeah. And, um, yeah, so that was my first year there. And I then, you know, Freddie, Nathan Bassett came in and you know, I'd never seen structure in football like that before in my life, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. And, um, but 
in saying all that, that probably allowed me to play another couple of years because, you know, you know, you just got to play shorter periods on the field and, and he managed that really well. And he, he sort of trusted me a lot too, which is great. He, he didn't um, expect me to change my style of footy and, and whatever he sort of worked my style into his style, I suppose. And um, I thought it worked really well. And obviously it did for that period. And we had a, had a great sort of couple of years. Well, great. Well, I only had the one year with him, but um yeah, it would have been the dream dream way to finish a year. I would love to have um, probably played. It was one of those things as a as a as a person, you know. At the end of that year, when I'm plenty of footy guys have been to that period where you just, I love playing the games, but you know, it was starting to get hard to get the training. Um, you know, you just sort of thought if I go one more year, you know, will I end up struggling and not and not be at the standard? So, and then uh, throwing um, twins early being born the following year I thought yeah. geez I don't know if I can I can do another year like this with four kids under five I probably haven't got the the real joy as much as I, I needed um and I always wanted to make sure I made that decision after the experience of Sturt to stop when it when it was my decision um yeah. so again no regrets I, I I made the right call when I did um but I could you could just see that Bass had those boys flying and uh, I knew they'd win a few flags in, in the upcoming years, and yeah, I just couldn't hang on any longer to get there. So, and I uh, uh, had one gr- one great year with Bass. Um, nearly got there, as I said, that yeah. Eagles in that prelim, and coming home against Central and nearly getting there, and hit that bloody post for my yeah. last ever kick, which I'm sure you still talk about, Malky. Well, no, I was about to bring that up. Um, yes, um, I knew you were going to bring it up, so I thought yes. I'd bring it up. Yes, <laughs> and um, yeah, but uh, yeah, Bass is an amazing coach, and obviously great to see him being successful now and yeah, I still run into him, you know, at the girls netball. I've seen him coaching netball of all things, Bass too. So yep. he, he, he just loves it. So yeah, yeah, great fella. Yeah. So that Pete, the, uh, so Weathers has had a ping and it was probably the longest kick of his, of his career as well. And yep. it really looked like it was going through and it just swung away at the last split second to hit the post. Which... Yeah, Paul Popolo was the bloke, Malky. Like, so I'd, I'd launch one. I'd, I'd, I keep saying it's about 65, but maybe <laughs> even 70, I reckon. Now. But, uh, James, James Gallagher handled it out the back to me, and, and I let, we were seven points down at yes. the time. And, um, and like, like you, and I think like most people, and it looked like it was going through, and Paul Popolo, um, you know, yeah, he had a pretty fair career after that game. Um, he went to market and actually pulled his hands away and hit the padding of the post. Yeah. Um, Bloody football park had too big a post back then, I reckon. I still oh. blame that. But um, so, but anyway, long story short, yeah, hit the post and put us six points down and then Siren went probably 30, 40 yeah, seconds Gunston later. Mark, but, um, Gunston marked the kick out. Yeah. Playing yeah, for Central. Yeah. So out of that though, Pete, um, I probably spent a fair bit of time with with Marnie and the girls that night and uh, may have made my thoughts known about the ball hitting the post and uh, – I think it might have been Katie the next morning has repeated what I'd said and Marnie immediately yelled, Malcolm, she, at least she didn't blame you. She knew it was me straight away, Weather, so that was something. Yeah. At <laughs> you can't get away with anything there, Malcolm. No. Absolutely. And so, too, there was one other funny moment, Pete, where Weather's already had the two girls. He's Marnie's pregnant with twins. We've kept stirring Weather's up. It's going to be two more girls. And Weather's text message, we'll change a little bit of it, Tim, was uh, ah, let it let yeah. it let it all out. All you bastards are correct. Yep, two more girls. How much do effing weddings cost? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So yeah. So now I'm 
so yeah, it was one of those stories. And um, yeah, four girls um, wouldn't change anything now, but yeah, at, at the time, and and I still do cop a fair bit about it. But um, I keep telling it's because I'm an elite athlete. It's not that's true, right. But, uh, <laughs> that's always my comeback. Oh well, well, it's true with the with, with a bit with the girls, mate. So, you yeah. have to you have to put another bathroom on uh, <laughs> when they yeah, get well, a bit I'm older. There, that's for sure. I'm actually building, I'm building myself a new house at the moment. I'm, and I, I don't think I've ever had to build a house based around four girls. You don't know how much time <laughs> in the bloody bathroom and, and how many clothes they have. You yep. see how much storage I've had to build. I thought you'd finish that house by now, Weathers. Well, I'm still trying to build the storage. Oh, that's I mean, fair enough. Yeah, that's all right. I'm a, couple, I'm a couple of weeks out, Mouse. I'm nearly there. So walking, walking robes, uh, you know, you've got to have plenty of them for the women. <laughs> Definitely. So, Tim, since footy, you've you coached, uh, you coached uh, helped out with the Nord Reserves and all that, and then... Eventually, probably you're coaching, and you were obviously coaching at Prince's, but you decided to move to Darwin and ended up pretty heavily involved with women's footy. And yeah, just... no, it was one of those things. I, um, so I obviously helped Nord for a while and ended up actually going to North Adelaide. Um, Josh That's Franco. Right. I was um, trying to think, yep. After, after his, um, obviously, footy career, he, he sort of moved into teaching. So he actually came and worked with me at, at um, PAC, of all places, and and during that period, that he just obviously was only there for maybe a year, I reckon. Then he got the job as a senior coach in North Adelaide and offered me to come and help him. And he said, oh, would you like to do that? Or, you know, there's actually the under-18 roles available too. You can still work with me. And I sort of was keen to take on my own team at that stage. So, yeah, moved into North Adelaide and coached their under-18s for a couple of years. And that was probably when I sort of first started taking the footy a little bit serious and as, as a coach and Loved working with Josh that season and um, at, at North Adelaide, did a couple of years there. And yeah, and then as Malky mentioned, ended up um, probably as much of a life change as it wasn't necessarily for football. It was, you know, I'd, I'd worked at PAC for a long time and lived in Adelaide and we just wanted to live as a family in another state. And yeah, Darwin was a good fit for us. I had um, you know, some family up there and, and Jake, Jake's dad of all places um, lived in Darwin and Obviously, other states you could go to, but you don't have the footy. Whereas Darwin, I knew had some footy. I could still do some coaching and, and teach and, and live a, a great life. And yeah, so headed up to Darwin, coached footy for a little bit. And um, that was during the period where um, I guess AFLW was starting to take off, I suppose. And through the affiliation with the NT in South Australia, that, that first few years of, of the footy was yeah, with, that's um, right. a Crows and NT um, girls team was fun. That was sort of how the Crows was was founded, yep. I suppose, and um, I was working with some some of the Crows girls up in Darwin, and um, very very smart, I guess, by the Crows in, the, in those early days. They wanted their girls to play more games of footy together. So, with that affiliation, they formed this team called the NT Thunder, and we played a women's team in the VFL. Um, and I was sort of you know approached to, to be the the head coach of that. So, uh, ended up coaching that team. So each week, I'd sort of coach the Darwin-based. Crows girls and some Darwin girls, and in um, in Adelaide, uh, Peter Cave and Andrew McLeod at that stage were, were coaching the Crows girls, and we'd fly into into Melbourne uh, on a Friday night. There'd be five or six of the Crows girls and me and my Darwin crew, and we get together on a Friday night. Then we'd play in the VFL on on that Saturday, and um, it was it was an amazing experience to to do that. And um, you know, long story, a couple of years later, I moved back to Adelaide and, you know, I stayed involved in that, with that Crows women's side and Maddie Clark took over the team in that year and, and that was the year when we sort of went through, won the premiership and played in that amazing game at Adelaide over with that 50,000 plus plus crowd. So, 
yeah, to be involved on that day was a great experience. And, you know, I guess that was almost when the, the women's football really took off and having four daughters myself who, who obviously love sport and, you know, they all love their footy. And um, There's path, yeah, pathways there now for them, isn't there? And there's legitimate pathways yeah. for them. And I guess through that period there, um, after the Crows, I, I was work, working down at Westminster School coaching their first 18s. I didn't really have the time to to put in, into that role fully. And um, you got offered, offered the opportunity through Robbie Newell, another great Nord man. Um, great man. To work with, work with the state under 18 girls team. And so for the last four years, I've, I've coached that team and um, obviously had a few issues with COVID and missed out a few carnivals and stuff. But that was sort of, you know, about only really a three-month program through January through to April. And I was able to do, to do that and work with those these amazingly talented young girls and, and then still coach at Westminster without too much of an issue. And, yeah, so I've done that for the last four years and, you know, some amazing experiences just to see the development of the girls. You know, that, that first year I did it to where, where, where we were last year when I finished, you just can't compare how, how much talent's coming through. And, um, yeah, re- really enjoyed that, that part of life as well. And, you know, last year, obviously, like any, any good South Australian person, you like to beat the Victorians. And we beat Victoria and ended up being the grand final the, for the national championships last year. And um, as a coach, that was pretty nice. Um, to do that and, and sort of get sort of named as the All Australian coach was 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 a great honour for me last year in that women's space and um, unfortunately they've changed the program a bit this year and it just doesn't fit with with the school footy so I've had to sort of put that aside so just coaching at, at um, Westminster now in, in the first eight in there which is which also great fun but um, also helping coach my little twin girls they're twelve yes. they're playing out of, out of the Marion Rams so I help um, help coach out there and. But two older girls are playing at the Glenunga Rams, so um, in the under seventeen girls. So still stay involved with the girls' footy, but um, not at that at, at that sort of that, that state level, which was really thrilling for a few years. Absolutely. So Tim and I, I think we did Sapsars together for about eight years, around about the eight years and all that. Um, so we we did uh, we it was funny the old East Adelaide team. Yes, and out of that two weathers every year we did it. We never had a discussion over who'd be captain. We always just walked towards each other and nodded. And the year with Luke Valenti, I think our first training was at 4 o'clock on a Wednesday, and I reckon it was about 4.07 that we appointed him captain. And he was incredible. Every other year, I still did generally did the warm-up. With Luke, we just let him go mm-hmm. and let him do everything. And uh, and we, yeah, we true leader, wasn't he? Yeah. Oh, he's incredible. And we, and we won that year, and... Let's be honest, Weathers and I were as pumped as the kids were. Yep, yep, definitely. We loved it. Like in Lukey, yeah, like I think it was the only only year we ever had a post-match celebration as well. He organised that for us too. So, um, yeah, he, he was great. But um, I'm, I'm actually talking about that, Mac. I'm, I'm back back involved in the Sapsars as well. So I'm now coaching their little South West team. I reckon I might. I reckon I might. Yeah, I, I'm, I might volunteer to help, volunteer to help you with that one. I reckon yeah. you need a runner, so yeah, yeah, yeah we no, will we have a do chat. That, Mark. So yes. yeah, the last couple of years I've done that, and I've won it back to back. So my little Southwest crew's been pretty good. So All right, I'm. I'd love to get involved. Um, uh, beautiful. We'll keep you in mind next year. Yes, and so um, with that, and to the next year after we'd won it, we lost the first game of the carnival where a player missed in the goal square with the last kick of the game to win us the game. And Weathers and I just nodded towards it, yeah. Ah, well, it happens, sort of thing. Yep. Then we kept Little winning. Bastard. Yeah. Then we kept winning the rest <laughs> of the week, right? 
And on the Thursday night, this particular plot, uh, youngster, young perks, uh, walks towards uh, goes and asks his mum, "Have I cost us the championship?" She replied with, "Do you want the mummy still loves you line or the truth?" <laughs> That's still always one of my favourite uh, ever footy lines. So. Yeah, no, very funny, but um, yeah, no, the, 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 again, another great experience as a coach. The coach so young. Young boys as well, the little, little 11, 12-year-old kids. And, uh, yeah, that, they love their footy and, and that's always a great week to go and do that. And that was only that was only probably two weeks ago. Um, so, yeah, still a great memory, and you know, from that period like a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, I should have put my hand up earlier. Um, <laughs> yeah, so weather's then – so summing up, let's go through your uh, hardest opponents. Yeah, I mean – Brett James in the early days when I was playing at said he was he was he was a, a great great opponent. Um, you know, Callanan was Ian Callanan in the in the middle of those centrals. Great, yep. he, he was a great player and um, he he cost us that grand final my last game yeah. actually. He was as a player, but he also Bastard. cleaned up flipper. Yes, as well. but, um, yes. but he, he he was a very very good player. Very good player. Jeremy Clayton, he probably yep. won, but um, I, I found him when he was at Port Adelaide to be a really yeah, for a little fella, he's such a strong overhead mark, and um, yeah, so, so they're, they're they're three off the top of my head. Um, yeah, who really guys that played re- regularly as well, like you know, Sigalella was a great player through that period when I was playing as well, and you know, I saw the Gowans boys plenty of times, and they were they were they were tough, and you know, very talented players too. So lots lots of one-off players, you know, guys coming back through the AFL who you stood every now and then, and you know, but 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 those ones who you played regularly. You know, you always knew you're up for a tough game against those guys. What about favourite teammate? Um, oh, too many. I know. Oh, me and Bat- I was Batman. Well, I was Robin, and Ben Nelson was was Batman for a long period yeah. there. So, um, yeah, Benny Nelson. We played as kids as well. So, yeah. he obviously moved to Carlton for a little bit in the Crows, and but yeah, he, he was he was always a great great teammate of mine. Probably, you know, obviously we had a really good core group of players. I've sort of mentioned a few of them. You know, your you Brody Atkinson was great when he came over and Damien Squire. I mentioned Bruce Lennon, Andrew Geddes, Chris Threadgold, an amazing captain, leader and, and great person around the club. Um, Andrew Geddes, you know, yeah, just some, some great players. Pure talent. I reckon the most talented I played was, was Damien Squire. Um, he was he was a freak. He was... was lethal left leg. Lethal, yeah. You know, he's, he's won three, three McGarry's... Um, you know, could have played a lot more AFL, like I'm sure a lot of people say. But yeah, he he was was a great teammate to have in your team as well. Yeah, I reckon Weathers, we'd both be shot if uh, we didn't give a certain person your who's a huge influence and the lover of the Weatherald family and uh, Emma Jade Haynes a mention, mate. We'd both be in trouble. Yeah, I know she'll she'll be she'll hear about this. Yes. So Message me today. So yeah, Emma, she, she's a great lady, great Lord person, and. Uh, yeah, we, me and Marnie are actually really honoured. We we were named to be a, a godparents to one of her recent set of twins, and um, yes, yeah. So still great, great, great family people. And um, I know her oldest daughter's at the state of origin tonight. So yeah, um, yeah no, make sure we Emma. She's a ripper. We'll tag her in in, in yes, the no, uh, promotion. Don't worry, yeah, I'll do absolutely. that. No, don't worry, <laughs> we'll do that. Look, Tim, yes, privileged to have you on on board. As I said. Uh, Mentor, been involved with you for a long time, and that. Um, remember also that umpiring bit down at Prince's, where uh, 
you wonder what the hell I was doing at three quarter time, and I ran to my car and got a shovel out and got dug. A shovel. That was very concerning. A, a, yes, um. and ran back to the middle because uh, a a duck had worked its way to the surface, a dead duck. Oh, no. And I said to Weathers, well, I reckon I'm probably the only person here who would have had a shovel in the car. And he said, yeah, that's a fair point. (laughs) Yes. That's a beauty. Yes. So, nah, really wrapped (laughs) to have you on board, Weathers. And uh, thanks, Marnie, for her friendship over the years as well. Thanks, mate. No, thanks very much for the invite, guys. It's always great to talk footy. And, uh, yeah, I never never grow, grow tired of talking about it, so... Great to hear from you, lads, and yeah, all the best and good luck with the show. Thank you very much, Timmy. Much no, appreciated, guys. mate. Cheers, guys. See you, mate. See ya. And mate, we've just been speaking with Timmy, and obviously, uh, early on in his footy career, uh, didn't uh, was starved of a little bit of success, but ultimately got the success in two thousand and two, and then didn't get to celebrate it like most Premiership yeah. players would. And wow, what a story about the Bali bombings! Yeah, look, I admit it's something I struggle. Oh, look, about. I was welling up myself going, you know, this is just an amazing story and just to hear it is just uh, crazy. Oh, there's things which, there's other things which can't come out and it's, yeah, it's, um, it's well, still amazing. We talk about the uh, mental health space quite a bit on this program yeah. and, you know, 20 years on, even Timmy's oh, yeah. sort of saying that, you know, it's something that they don't want to forget but no. they aren't going to move on from, unfortunately, and it's, no, it's, it's, it's a, it's a tra- tragedy that shouldn't have really happened. Yep. Timmy, Timmy's career obviously finishing up at Norwood and and uh, under Bass and and Trevor Hill cutting uh, John Cale's lunch was an interesting story that I'd actually uh, didn't know. So yeah, was that a was a bit of fun towards the end there as well. Yeah, look, and he's three hundredth. I'll be on. You know, that was pretty pretty special. That you know, there I was to take his kids in the rooms yep. as well. So I had his kids on the boundary line, and um, it's obviously a pretty big connection with Tim. And I was probably his main connection with Norwood. Yes, or one of. You know, he obviously still knew guys at Nord as well. And yep. Yeah, so that was, you know, pretty special. And, yeah, just 2010, we were a breath away. Absolutely. You're listening to the Game On Podcast. We'll be right back after this short break. Happy Days. All right, we move on. Happy days. Happy birthday to Junior Rioli, Port Adelaide power player. 28 years of age this week he will be. Um, In 2016, he was drafted, has played 60 games, nine so far this season for the power, obviously as a midfield forward. Bit of a journeyman. I uh, did a bit of research here. Uh, Started in the Northern Territory at St. Mary's. Very, very good club at St. Mary's up in the Territory there. Yep. Xavier College in Melbourne, ended up at Glenelg for a little yes. while, and then off to West Coast. Yeah, got drafted from Glenelg, yep. uh, from his form at Glenelg. Yeah, controversial player. Like, you know, two years, you can argue that he was lucky to only get two years. Yeah, in the Asada uh, investigation. Yeah. Um, look, he's a good player. Is he a key? Um, is he a yeah, bit I'll... of a key to Port, sparking it up a little bit, or are we still sort of... Hedging our bets a bit on the Horn Francis Butters, Rosie Dersman type deal. We are a little bit. I find it interesting that they've uh, Port have, have drafted correct. I was uh, just about to talk tonight. About that. Yep. So he probably may end up competing with Rioli for a spot. So it's yeah, it's he's important. But if Fantasia got his body right, yes, which is a massive if. Yes, uh, suddenly probably he's not quite as important. And McEntee 
is around the mark as well. Yep. So, yeah. Interesting watch Junior Rioli over the next couple of weeks. All right, we move on to golf. In 2001, uh, US Open golf at Pine Needles. Um, defending champion Kari Webb of Australia repeats her eight, repeats her victory by eight strokes ahead of the runner-up. Uh, the largest margin in 21 years. Nice Kari was a good... Oh, she was a champion. Very, very good golfer. Nice that you go to the bar in the last round, effectively, in the last hole, knowing you got up. Absolutely. Yeah, no, eight strokes. That's, you know, it's... That's, that's probably a, that's a dominant like, performance, isn't that's it? That's probably 15 to 20 goal win. It's yep. a bit like the Port 119, a favourite losing margin ever uh, around that mark. Absolutely. Um, you enjoyed that one, Pete. I did. Yes, I'm smiling on the inside. Um, obviously, uh, like you said, there's nothing worse than finishing your round of golf and having to wait for everyone else to catch up and all of a sudden you've got to go back out there and play a playoff hole. But you're uh, you're up by eight shots. You're, you're right. You are pretty much all sipping the... Uh, Champagne while they're coming up the final fairway. So, very well done to Kari Webb in 2001. Uh, mate, we move on. 2018, uh, the Golden State Warriors' Steph Curry breaks Ray Allen's NBA Finals record for the most three points with nine in the Warriors' 122-103 to game two win over the Cleveland Cavaliers. Nine three-pointers is ridiculous, isn't it? Like, well, it's just incredible. <laughs> There's there's there's, very, there's varying thoughts on that. That's exactly right. Once they get a bit of a hot hand, yeah. they can reel off four, five, six of them in a row. But yeah, depending on where they're playing and positioned and and the opposition. But yeah, nine and and nine. that broke a record too. Yeah, so no, it's incredible record. But yeah, it, it really does seem to be a famine or miss. It can be quite incredible in basketball. Oh, that way. there's sometimes you oh. sit there and you just see them peeling off yeah. three pointers, and you're like, "How good's this?" And then the next minute, they just are nowhere yeah. near, and you go, "Oh, well, they are human after all." Sadly, the next game they're in the next suburb. So, Correct, yeah. and the Cleveland Cavaliers. Cavaliers, I'll get that right. The Cleveland Cavaliers. Uh, obviously a bit unlucky on that occasion to yeah. get a bit of a hot Steph Curry. All right, we move on. Uh, tennis, I thought it was very topical uh, yep. at the moment. Um, 1972, the Women's French Open uh, tennis. Uh, the American icon Billie, Billie Jean, Jean King, King wins her only French Open title, beating Yvonne Goulongong. Yeah. Uh, I don't think she was Cawley at that stage, but 6-3, oh, 6-3 yeah. in the final. Yeah. Oh, look, Billie Jean King was a great player. Margaret yeah, you know, the Margaret Court, yes. that era, and Billy Jean King just before Everett Lloyd. Yep. Uh, side of things. And uh, absolute champion. Um, yes, yeah, she's one of the greats. Can't agree with you uh, anymore on that one. And unfortunately, beating obviously Yvonne on that occasion, but tight match. And Yvonne yep. was in her prime at that stage. Yep. We stay with the men's tennis. Sorry, we stay with tennis. 1967, uh, tennis, French Open, men's tennis. Roy Emerson beats fellow Australian Tony Roach 6-1-6-4-2-6-6-2 for his 12th and final Grand Slam title. Once again, a bit of a forgotten figure. And he shouldn't be. His record you know, is incredible, Roy Emerson. Like, you know, 12 Grand Slams, that's, you know, that's up there with everyone and it's, that shouldn't be forgotten. It's um, He's one of the greats and look, Tony Roach had a good record getting to finals too, yep. but yeah, not quite getting over the line. Hey, I would take it to get to one, yeah. that's for sure. Um, yeah. You've certainly played well to get to that point. Yep. All right, mate, let's scoot into the Extra Time Big Finish. Extra Time Big Finish. Start off with netball, mate. Uh, Collingwood handing back their uh, Super Netball licence. 
pretty disappointing. You know, let's be real. Collingwood, I think they, I think it was $12 million profit last year, and yet you don't want to support netball. If you go in the first place, if they make much, that much money, why not support it? Now, if, if Collingwood had made a loss on the football side of things, you'd go, yeah, okay, yeah, maybe yep. diversify, go back to your main product. Yes. But if you're making $12 million, surely you can support your other... Well, that was going to be my question yeah. that, you know, clubs have obviously diversified into other areas. I yeah. know the Crows went into the eSports uh, arena. I think they're still involved with that a little bit. Yeah. Um, obviously, Collingwood have done the netball, and like you said, they're, they're making money, and yet uh, they've decided to give it the, uh, the the chop, and it's not like Collingwood are struggling on field at the moment. Mm. Interesting. The Thunderbirds, incredible result. Uh, one point win yeah. after a little bit of a, a scoreboard, scoreboard malfunction. Yeah, bizarre. Don't, don't know how to put that any other way. No, I don't think we can put it any other way. Um, good to see the Thunderbirds after losing the week before yeah. by a couple uh, get back on the winner's circle and, and maintain their top two spot at the yeah. moment. so they're certainly they're going well. All right, mate. Each week we've done a little bit of a, a fun one, the trade, re-sign, retire. I've got three names for you, mate. Uh, Nick Natanui, Scott Pendlebury uh, or Tom Jonas. Um, well, re-sign is Scott Pendlebury. That's that's not in doubt. Yep. Now, I just don't know whether any club would want either of the other two. If Nick Natanui got back on the park yep. before the end of the year yep. and did well, yep. all of a sudden, yes, one of the clubs in the window and with West Coast rebuilding may go, Correct. yeah, definitely. That's pretty much where yeah. I was at with it as well, going that I reckon Pendlebury is the one that you re-signed. Yes. Natanui is the one you trade for currency, obviously, and Jonas... Don't want to hang him out to dry too much, but Porter going along a ride at the moment, uh, and he is just struggling a little bit. Uh, suspension one week, He's uh, injured, two last, last yeah, injured a little bit as well. So, five, so, yeah, so he's probably the one that I'd be putting on the uh, on the ice. Yeah, let's wait and see. He still could be important for the end of the year. Absolutely, uh, experienced players don't yeah. go don't grow on trees, mate. That's for sure. All right, cricket, mate. Uh, Meg, Meg Lanning ruled out of the upcoming Ashes series after medical issues. I think she's struggling a bit, Meg. Meg's had a few miss for mental health earlier. Yep. And that, look, just all the best. Hearts out with her and all the best wishes. That's all you can really say on that one. Now, on the men's side, uh, Hazelwood uh, back in to the squad but injured. Yeah, they're saying now might be all right. The, uh, the real worrying one is Cam Green. Yep. Cam Green got hit in the IPL and they're still waiting on that. He's no certainty to play. Okay. So and we'll keep an eye on that yeah. over the next couple of weeks. As I said, we're getting closer and closer to the uh, Ashes and also the Test Final. Well, yeah, the Test Final's first. So yep. that's another week. Absolutely. All right, we move on week to golf. Jason Day wins uh, wins the tournament uh, a couple of weeks ago. We forgot to mention this one, but yeah. I thought I'd bring it up. Yeah. Uh, for his mo- his late mother. Yeah, beautiful. Uh, um, it's amazing, touching, really, to yeah. put that all behind him and and play and and honour her and dedicate that win to her yeah. it was fantastic. So, um, just going back briefly, I've I put it in the wrong wrong spot here, mate. Uh, Sean Abbott smashes his way to the record, beating Roy's total. Yeah, with the cricket, obviously, with the twenty twenty. Yep. Um, yeah, I think it was also the with the number of balls Hooksy, the famous hundred from Hooksy against Victoria. Yep, which I may have. Had a problem with the with the red lights. Yes, riding my bike in from uh, just down from where we are. Yes, I think I broke the record getting into Adelaide Oval from here. So. Fair call. Yes, uh, we will have to put a stopwatch on you next time, oh, mate. If that yeah. ever happens, 
Uh, all right, mate, we go back to the AFL just briefly. Uh, Sydney makes a call on concussion riddled defender's career and a sad announcement. Yeah, so he's out for the rest of this year. Um, They're hopeful. Yeah, Paddy McCartan Carton, we're talking about um, here. Yep. Yeah, look, um, I don't think he'll play again. Let's. But, I, I'm of the same, yeah. same boat. I think they want to give him every opportunity to get back, but I think we have to look at things re- in reality now that um, – that knock was so innocuous uh, and really messed him up for quite some time there on the ground and then obviously sitting down on the bench. Uh, you'd have to say that any any little knock uh, from now on is going to be a bit of a problem. Uh, a Carlton imploding. Well, they're certainly not getting an A an A an A plus mark at the moment on or off field. So yep. Um, yeah, I think we all thought you know, they should have made the finals last year, but you thought, well, there'll be natural progression yes. forward, and at the moment it's. It's going one backwards. step forward, five steps backwards. So, Absolutely. Yeah. And the Hawthorne investigation, obviously, Monday night, uh, the AFL have sort of absolved themselves of yeah. any further um, contact. Um, it looks like it's going to go to the Human Rights Commission. Yeah. Look, a lot more water to go under the bridge with yep. this one, yeah. Um, I heard Luke Hodge talking about it this morning, going that he's provided as much information as he possibly can. Um on the investigation, but yeah, I just found it interesting that the um, that the AFL have uh, pulled the pin on their part of it, saying that there could be sanctions to Hawthorne that they can impose. But as far as anything further at the moment, they can't go any further than what they have. Yeah, let's leave it. I think it's I think it's a legal minefield yep. uh, to come. Absolutely, we might leave it there. All right, one last thing before we go: uh, the Adelaide Crows trying to get up their new facility at Theberton. There's still some pushback on that. Any comment, mate? Embarrassing. Adelaide is in a Adelaide as a state is an embarrassment. We had the incompetence of the Adelaide City Council when it actually would have returned more green space. The development it was the greatest IKEA start your car, get out the building, get rid of a million dollars off our debt. Yep. I actually don't think it was a good deal for Adelaide. Yep. Um, I, th- I think Adelaide were, were ridiculous with that. Yep. But on an Adelaide, Adelaide side of things, it is stupidity yep. that they're not the aquatic centre. And now the embarrassment of this, we, we just – we're the state of non-progress at times. We, we – we embarrass ourselves, South Australians. Does it take a uh, oh. a man like Peter Malinas to go bang? Let's just do it, like he has with the Live Golf, like I the really gather around so. the uh, NRL state of origin, and so on. So, uh, yeah, very very interesting and some interesting times to come. Obviously, um, at the moment, still trying to get those plans oh. up and going. So, yeah, it must be frustrating for for Crow supporters, but um, yeah, we'll keep a bit of an eye on that. All right, mate, we. Uh, we better finish on that note. Um, we thank Timmy Weatherall tonight for his time. Um, once again, always good to speak to a past player, a past legend. And as yeah, on, and on a pretty emotional topic with Bali. Absolutely. Something, so. Absolutely. And um, as per usual, mate, we promise to do better. Yep. In this crazy world we live in, we all need the distraction. Enjoying the show? Like, rate, and subscribe. Hook up and connect with us on social media at Sportscast SA. We'll see you next time on Game On.